Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. The Sunday Session is brought to you by More Beer, who has just opened their East Coast Distribution Center and is now shipping orders from California and Pennsylvania. Check them out at morebeer.com. Great beer is about drinkability. doesn't matter the style. You guys are like walking beer Wikipedia. That's the first time that you've ever accepted me as a person. Or you have a fermentation in your gut. I'm yeah. propelled at all times. <laughs> How many guys do you think that you have the privilege to slap? Somebody who's never tasted a commercial example, and this is how you know everything about this beer? Please, you don't. I think you know, it's bullshit. The... <laughs> I think it's bullshit, too. Wow. Are you guys going to arm wrestle? No. no. We're going to teabag fight. Yeah. <laughs> you heard of Junkyard Wars? Can I get another high five, Beavis? <laughs> now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Radio land, interwebs land. Oh, welcome to the session. Had a great weekend. It's a Monday session because uh, we predicted we would all be hungover after Chad's wedding on Saturday, and uh, I think the prediction was fairly accurate. Nice. Uh, although I felt okay, I might, I might have been able to do a show. Uh, but well, you didn't get up in the first thing in the morning like I did. That's true. What time did you have to get up and leave the hotel? Uh, Seven thirty. I still don't know what time we went to bed. Me neither. What time? Seven fifteen. <laughs> uh, you know, it was close to that. It was. It was late. It was dark. Okay. I'm glad it wasn't light. <laughs> uh, it was fun though. Uh, a, a great wedding. Our own little Chad is is all grown up and yeah. married. <clears throat> He's no fun anymore. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's over. Had got, had well, Chad a, and I broke up a long time ago, so <laughs> it's not as much painful as it might seem. That's true. You lost him to his wife uh, before the rest of us. Well, just to, just to a job, basically. Yeah. That's, you know, that's, well, then she, he found the wife. She has bigger boobies than Nicole. <laughs> Marginally. Yeah, not by much. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fun time. It was a good wedding, and um, I enjoyed myself. I think Chad enjoyed himself, and uh, it's nice to see him uh, moving up in the world. You know, he's yeah. He, he married up. <laughs> All right. 
Uh, we got a lot to get to today. Uh, I want to thank our sponsor, More Beer, our good friends over at morebeer.com. You can go check them out. They've been our sponsor for uh, a hell of a long time. Our first sponsor. They've stayed with us this whole time. Uh, they've grown with us. Uh, they now has have an East Coast distribution facility. I didn't see that coming in 2005 when, yeah. uh, when we were just starting this thing out, and they probably didn't either. But uh, now you can get your shipments faster than ever if you're on the East Coast by ordering for more beer. They'll send it right from their facility out there. Uh, so thanks to more beer. Go over to morebeer.com and check them out. Tell them I sent you. And um, well, <laughs> get you know, them. that'll get them far. You know, in fact, I think you did. You know, not just pat ourselves on the back, but they're big out east because we're big out there, you know? Could be. Yeah. I do think it's been a symbiotic growth. I would say the same uh, 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 about the Homebrewers Association, the, our, our friends at the American Homebrewers Association, that I think our growth together, ours and theirs, is pretty inseparable. Uh, well, it's just all to do with the beer, the, you know, the growth of Homebrewers as, as a hobby. I mean, yeah. yeah. That's true. Uh, the East Coast has been really good uh, for more beer pretty much for the last 10, 15 years. Forever, huh? Yeah. 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 Long time. You know, we had our biggest uh, showing just uh, in getting close to the East Coast. There were their Philadelphia uh, huh. BNA uh, 8, and I think we had more listeners come out and see us at the conference. So a lot of East Coast love for home for homebrew. Well, and I think, you know, not to be too frank, but I think it's about time. You know, the East Coast has really just kind of been more of a burden on anybody, you know, the rest of the country. And, you know, with, I mean, think about it. how many freaking storms do they have? And right. how many times a year do we have to hear, oh, it's so hot on the East Coast, it's almost 90. <laughs> get, get over it. Yeah. And, and uh, suck it up and let's go. And uh, every other kind of thing that you can say to kind of be a man. Right. Be a man, East Coast. Yeah. We don't call you Beast Coast for nothing. Right. Let's go. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Thank you. Public service announcement from JP. There you are. Are you ready to secede? To secede? From the East Coast? Hell yeah. <laughs> Where would the dividing line be? Between the East Coast and the rest of the, the free world. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm interested in knowing where you would just... Sacramento. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had a feeling of that. I, I, I would at least had you gone to at least Reno. <laughs> And probably no. not even all the way to the border uh, east. You'd probably also cut off Modesto. Yes, that's absolutely true. I, it would be not necessarily one line, but more like a squiggly squiggly. <laughs> oh. Yeah, this certainly cuts out places like Modesto and Fres. Yes, <laughs> yeah, and Reno. Yeah, the East Coast can have Reno. We'll for keep, sure. We'll keep Tahoe. Yes, we can keep Tahoe. You know, Tahoe just it'll just Tahoe just be a little blip out of there, and uh, <laughs> yeah. no Northern California, none of that. Yeah. No, none of that. I like Tato. <laughs> Tato. That's where I'm going for my for my bachelor party when I tie the knot. No, that's right. Oh, yeah. When is that? KTG like... caught the bouquet. Oh well, yeah. Oh first, yeah. First, what happened? I was I was I was lucky enough to be in Chad's wedding, so I was there for the rehearsal the night before, and Chad yeah. did speeches about the all the guys in the in the in the groom all the groomsmen, and all he did was call me out for being the only <laughs> one. The one with the longest girlfriend uh, had a She's girlfriend tall. for the longest time. Oh. <laughs> what a dick move that was, I thought. And not engaged yet. So, th- so that happened on the on the Friday night, which got all the guys and the girls uh, giving me shit. Uh, you know what I? You know what I discovered, <laughs> and I I never knew this before. Um, you know, dudes actually kind of like I kind of get pat on the back. Like if I say, "Hey, I'm a slow mover. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just I'm fine. Everything's going great." You know, dudes go, "Yeah, hold your, I, hold your ground there, bro." Yeah, women get. <laughs> Women get sympathy. Like Kate, every time it came up, like throughout the weekend, they go, "Yeah, oh, 
You know, they'll be like, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll start out kind of smiling about it because Chad kind of made the joke, but then they'll say, you know, how long have you been together? Which I don't know how long that is, but apparently it's been a while. And then they go, oh. And so I didn't realize that I get like high fives. They get sympathy. Uh, I didn't actually see the bouquet c- toss. Did the other girls move out of the way? I don't know. Uh, I so that's it. so yeah. So the speech <laughs> happens Friday, and then on Saturday, Kate the Great catches the goddamn bouquet. I mean, she has a good she's tall foot she has over tall, everybody, yeah. and yeah. she has a well, long yeah, arm. She's, she's long fighting reach. down the fourteen-year-old, and, so, you know, and she's desperate. Let's and, see. <laughs> well, and come well, to think clearly. of it, she was wearing like twelve-inch heels. Yeah, that she's got right. her game face on. <laughs> you don't think that she wasn't anticipating catching that stupid thing? She dressed for success. I remember right. looking out across because we were all at the bar, so firing her up. and. All the single ladies, come on, let's go. She's like rallying everybody, and then and <laughs> yeah. you see Aaron. So that go, it looks legit, right? Three, two, one, boo, and and then it goes pretty far back, and all these little hands are waving like jazz hands, and suddenly these these arms just go, <laughs> right? And and by the way, not before both elbows took out the broads <laughs> yeah. next to her. I think right. She didn't quite catch it as much as she lunged for it. <laughs> yeah. She, she, she cleared some space it. and then yeah. made yeah. a big jump. Yeah. She's like Shaq catching a rebound. <laughs> right. She just not. <laughs> Ah, it's my house. <laughs> she was she was boxing out. Yes. Well, then you had that place of the newly engaged Schumann there. Yeah. It's so, oh, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. Nikki talking his, his girlfriend. Schumann's been with his girlfriend for like four weeks, and he's he's <laughs> no. engaged. And so I'm pretty sure I'm they just, have two kids now. Yeah, I think they might have that. They have a house. Uh, how did how did she propose to him? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. With I, another dude. I heard the story. Yeah. And you want. <laughs> Was it like they drove to Treasure Island or they something? They drove to Treasure Island. He had an amazing amount of foresight for a man like Schumann. He like he he made some story up about how he had to go pick up an amp at his friend's house in Treasure Island after they played a show in the city. How stupid is she? Nobody lives on Treasure Island. Right. And she's like, Oh yeah, okay and then they go to this whole thing and you know, it's a nice view of the bridge because apparently, you know, architecture gets all the women hot. And <laughs> right. uh, and then he gets on one knee and goes so, what do you think? Will you be the luckiest woman in the world? That's how he asked it. <laughs> <laughs> and then she shit. told him to shut up. Oh, boy. And then she shut said, up yes. Let's get that amplifier. <laughs> right. Yeah. Are we done yet? That's impressive. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of a duality where he tra- he made an effort, he thought about it, it was a really important thing, and then he just basically crapped on it. Made a joke. It. Right, yeah. He just did a shoeman. Yeah. Right place, right. right time, wrong, wrong deal. <laughs> yeah, so now... Pressure's on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, are you going to make an announcement here tonight? No. Has it already been... Uh... I don't see what the big deal is. I don't know what everybody's rush is. Yeah, there's no rush. But obviously not you. <laughs> I mean, why rush? I mean, I I don't know. Rush is abandoned. That's all it should be. My right? dad's had like 13 of the things. I got yeah, plenty of time. You better get started. Yeah, I mean, us Crosleys. Plenty <laughs> of time to find the first <laughs> wife. God, all, all the way home, Taryn, all I heard was... All the things that happened at Chad and Aaron's wedding that she would do or not do, and the reasons why. And I'm just like sitting there in silence for almost an hour, just driving. You got to be doing some, uh, yeah, yeah, right. She did uh, every once sure. in a while, right, but yeah. she's like, and, you know, it was just very Pinteresty, and so I saw a lot of the stuff, and I thought it was really cute. But I would do this, and I would do this, and I, you know, blah 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 blah. blah, 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 blah. It, it, chill. I think it's funny that she didn't notice the earbuds in your ear, and you laughing at Phil Henry well, or whatever no. the hell you're listening to. <laughs> He's saying, yeah. Yeah, and then his head is going. Yeah, are you done? Yeah, are you done? Yes, but I didn't want to like ruin because that's you know she's like I don't know I just I like to go to weddings because I like to see what other people do and well she better find someone gonna who's do. gonna propose to her then right well that's what yeah, I said I'm gonna start I'm, over I'm thinking yeah I go I'm sure your husband will figure something out it'll be fine <laughs> I haven't been to a wedding in a long time because yeah. well people of my age don't get 
remarried. When they get remarried, they go to Vegas or something. Uh, <laughs> right. I, I'm waiting for the, the second round where the kids starting to get married, and then I have to go to those. Yeah. <laughs> well, we went through the Olin uh, Schultz and Chris Graham uh, cycle, and then this is yeah, the new crop coming yeah, up now. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, new crop's about done, as far as I can see. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Moscow. Would the new crop would be dusted? So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Justin's going to get married in Reno? <laughs> yeah. Uh, probably to a buddy. <laughs> hey, friend. <laughs> All right, let me get through some quick announcements because we do have a lot to do. We've got Michael Jordan on the show tonight. Uh, he's from Boxing Cat Brewery in Shanghai, China. We're going to be talking to him in just about a half an hour. And uh, he's an uh, expat. He brewed all over uh, the U.S. first and even spent some time in Denmark uh, And before he ended up in China where he's brewing at Boxing Cat Brewery. i got to know how. Yeah. I, it's a, and, and, you know, it is an interesting, if you were to look at the map, I think it looks a lot like your map of seceding from the rest of the country. It's very <laughs> zigzaggy. And um, uh, it sounds like a good guy and an experienced brewer. So if you got brewing questions, Susie is in the chat room tonight. Just hit the chat button on the homepage. Don't use the chat on our live stream page where you watch the video because no, no one's there monitoring that. You, you use the same old chat we've always used. That's where all the listeners hang out on thebrewingnetwork.com, and you click chat. And uh, Susie's in there. She'll pass the questions on over to me, and um, and we'll we'll get them answered for you the best we can. Uh, I did fix the the link to um, our to watch the live video. You no longer ha- have to listen to me read a uh, you know seven hundred character URL. You now I just like go that. to thebrewingnetwork.com slash TV. Whoa. BrewingNetwork.com slash TV. That'll take you over to our live stream page, and then you can click on uh, whatever show it might be, whether it's this show or Bruce Strong or Dr. Homebrew. You'll see it loud and clear when you get over there. Click on that, and you can watch our live video feed. You could also just click the picture of a TV on the homepage, you know, if you're not too good at reading and things. Uh, just click the TV logo. If you're an iPhone user. It'll take you right over there. Uh, Northern California Homebrew Festival is this weekend up in lovely Dobbins, California, and uh, I know Tasty and I will be there. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm going to do the try. I'm going to be nude this year, I think. Okay, oh, that's Private's Burning Man where they did. It. I'm sorry, that's the wrong festival. No, no, I went nude last year. Oh, okay, we, a bunch I didn't of even us, notice. A bunch of us jumped in the in the lake. Oh really? Yeah, later on Saturday. Oh yeah, afternoon. I did hear about that. Yeah, yeah it got oh a, god, it got a little gnarly over there. Well, yeah, the water was cold. I, I, I was embarrassing a bit, I guess. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. it, you know. Whatever. I'm not looking to get got married. enough pubes. This covers everything up. <laughs> That's right. I don't know what's in that bush. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another great announcement for you. Yeah, so, but come see Tasty and I out at NCHF. I know the woods are coming out there, and you can give... You know, KTG shit about not being engaged <laughs> yeah. and stuff. Yeah. You know, whatever. Go, oh, that's... You oh, send her wishes. Sorry. It was like her and Nicole oh, yeah. oh. talking about oh, God. how they were the, quote, being spinsters. Oh, sorry. And that they're never going to get married and <laughs> all the kind of nonsense that goes along with it. I say they're the lucky ones. That's what I say, too. Okay. Winter Brews Festival. The date is official. Saturday, January 25th, back in Toto Santos Plaza. The Brewing Network's fifth annual winter brews festival it'll be from 12 to 4 on saturday january 25th at toto santos in concord stay tuned for more details on breweries live entertainment and uh ticket prices so that stuff will be all all be happening soon we're getting a jump on it this year 
Dr. Homebrew is in iTunes. Just posted a brand new show today. Just search Dr. Homebrew in iTunes. Uh, it's also on the homepage. If you click the On Tap tab, and you'll see all the shows and show descriptions there, you can download them. Great show. It's it's doing wonderful things. Thank you very much. Uh, Amazon. You can support us by clicking the Amazon button on our homepage, and uh, a lot of you are doing that. You don't pay any more money for your products or anything else. You just shop as normal, but they give us a little commission because we sent you their way. Uh, do we have an Amazon product of the week, Moscow? Yeah, we sure do. It's uh, Essential Daryl Hall and John Oates, the original recording remastered. An audio CD that somebody bought for $13.94. I have to assume <laughs> that is because of our you know, promotion of Hall & Oates on this show. Well, I thought JP already had that CD, so I don't know why you'd be buying it. Well, I had it, uh, I, I found it online, and then I felt bad, so I, I wanted see. to give them money. And they bought the, did they buy the physical disc yeah, from that, Amazon? That's right, audio CD from Amazon. It People includes, do that still. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievably, yeah. And what, what do you do with it then? Does it go somewhere? Ah, uh, you play Frisbee with it oh, out I the see. car window, I think. Then you just go download it, and I feel guilty. It'll ha- it has all the uh, Hollow Note stuff on there that uh, you're looking for, like she's gone, and you know when the morning comes. She's gone. It's, this is worth just Google imaging the cover of this album. <laughs> and any Hollow Notes album is worth Google imaging. That's true. <laughs> uh, great. That's a fantastic product of the week. Yep. Thanks for buying it. All right. Subscribe and join the BN Army just by donating. Click the BN Army uh, dog tag on the homepage. If you- become a recurring monthly donor uh then you are signed up for the more beer monthly donation giveaway and that makes you eligible to win 100 bucks plus jp sends you updates on new merchandise before anybody else gets it and uh tickets to winter bruce festival before anybody gets them and tickets to our anniversary parties and all that kind of stuff if you're a recurring donor and we'd love it if you did that because it helps us out get all these updates and more over on twitter and facebook uh, send your show ideas over to Scott the Jew, uh, Scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. He's doing a great job taking your ideas. I know that's how we ended up with our guest tonight, Michael Jordan from Boxing Cat Brewery. Uh, send your feedback over to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. And that should do it for our announcements. I don't think I missed anything, did I? Twitter game? Uh, oh. Feedback. Do, do we also. have a Twitter? Well, I'm doing feedback after our uh, Michael Fairbrother uh-huh. uh, discussion. We're going to talk Braggit here in just a moment with, Braggit. Um, with Michael. But we do have a Twitter game tonight, don't we? We do. Twitter game is brought to you tonight by Five Star Chemical and Supply. I love those guys at Five Star. And I'll tell you, before they were even a supporter of us, we were a supporter of them because we just love Five Star products. And we, I know all of us here in the studio use them, and we've been using them for years and years. And we're just... Happy to have them on board as an official sponsor of the Brewing Network. And particularly, they sponsor Dr. Homebrew. That's correct. It would not exist without them. Uh, so there's two people you can thank. It's Five Star and JP. <laughs> That's right. Uh, for once. <laughs> otherwise, for it once. wouldn't exist. Uh, so Twitter game brought to you by Five Star. What do we have? Uh, well, as you mentioned, we went to uh, Chad's wedding uh, over the weekend. And, uh, you know, as is uh, uh, customary, you're supposed to get the bride and groom a present. Oh, um, shit. Yeah, well, you a know. gift at the registry. <laughs> yeah, well, um, it's something that uh, you know I've already done. Uh, what did the BN get Chad for his wedding present? Ah. The Twitter game. I would like to know what everyone thinks. What our level of decorum is around here, as far as celebrating our friends. I chipped uh, in on that, married. right? Yes. Good. Good question. Yeah, I like this Thank one. You. Almost as good as my Twitter game last week. Well, but better. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's our Twitter game. Uh, what do you do? Send it over to Brewing Network at Twitter dot com. Yes, go to go to Twitter. <laughs> Don't email me or chat me or whatever. All right, Twitter. Let's 
Oh, it's called a Twitter game. That's right. You tweet. All right, we got our old friend Michael Fairbrother from Moonlight Meadery on the line. Michael, how are you, buddy? Good, Justin. How about yourself? I'm doing real well, actually. Thank you. And uh, We should change that. Did you, Michael, you updated your Skype photograph. You're tired of me making fun of you as being scary. <laughs> you got that right. You look like a professional now. I, I'm not afraid of you anymore. A professional what? Uh, well, he still looks rough and tough, but uh, he looks, he's got a glass of mead in his hand. He's got some, some barrels behind him. He's a handsome fella now. So. Yeah, drinking a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now... As you know, listeners, we've been talking to uh, Michael for, for some time now about meads, and we've discussed Braggit a little bit, but it, it occurred to me this week that I still don't know shit about Braggots. <laughs> and so... Uh, just one more thing. I mean, I'm... Yeah, <laughs> no. And so, uh, well, I've never made one, and I have had one of Michael's, so I know we've discussed it briefly, and I thought we'd just talk a little bit about them, and uh, let's just start by explaining to me once again what a, what a Braggot is, Michael. So a braggot's a mead that's made with malt. Um, you want to find it balanced between the honey and the malt character so that you get a really nice, at least 51% of the fermentables from honey. And that's a challenge for most brewers because they're used to just throwing everything into the brew kettle. And when you're going to make a braggot, you really want to add the honey in after the fact. So after you've knocked off the heat so you're not killing the honey so much. And you can get a really diverse flavor profile that's not quite beer-like, not quite wine-like, but just kind of this little mecca in between. And the hard part for us commercially is we can't legally make them. So, you know, I don't even get to play around with them on a commercial scale at all. Really? Oh, why is that? Because you have to be a brewery or a winery? Yeah, we chose the direction to go as a winery versus some of the other meaderies in the country that went the direction as a brewery. Now, the easy part for us is we can make wines up to 23% alcohol with no challenges versus if we were to go the brewery route, you could make stronger beers. Um, but here in New Hampshire, you can't make a strong beer that's above 12 13% without getting into a lot of trouble and going through a lot of hoops to make it happen. I see. Okay. So as, to do it as a home brewer, is is it safe to say that it's kind of like brewing a session beer when you're making your malt bill? It would be a lower alcohol coming from, from grain, and then you're you're adding to your alcohol content, like you said, uh, after uh, – is it after the boil or after the fermentation? Yeah, after the boil. After the boil, so okay. Once you've gotten it cooled down, you could pretty much add your honey in. Um, you, you can imagine the one I made for the uh, Brewing Network's party – I, I made a Russian Imperial Stout beer. So <laughs> that's <laughs> you right. You could do it with sessions or you could go extreme like I like to do as a home brewer. And I added a 60 pound b- um, bucket of honey into a 20 gallon batch of Russian Imperial. Wow. So this took several years to uh, get to where it was drinkable. <laughs> and, um, I think it was a little more than just drinkable, but you know, I'd like to really push the envelope. So would I. Would I blend the honey in the the kettle after the boil, or do I wait after some fermentation has occurred? What's the the recommended process? Yeah, I would certainly add it in after knockoff of heat so that you can just uh, dilute the honey in very easily so you don't have a big blob of honey at the bottom of the the brew kettle or the um, mashed or your... um, fermenter okay so you know add it in whirlpool it in get it all nice and ready to go a little oxygen right then and there isn't going to hurt the system so that you can um 
grow your yeast. It's going to uh, suck in all that oxygen and just really make a great beer or braggot. Got it. JP, have you ever brewed uh, a braggot? I've never have. You haven't? I never have. I, I think I've only even tasted maybe three, and the one that Michael made at NHC was one of them. Oh, there, it's so it's, good. It's not something that you see normally. Yeah. And I don't know why. I don't know either, because it seemed, you know, it, it, in fact, the the process is sounding similar to making a, like a Belgian quad or something too, right? You'd, mm-hmm. you'd brew. So sugar is meat. Yeah. yeah, you'd add sugar. You know, you're just adding another sugar. It's just a different kind of sugar, right? Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. So you're trying to knock out at least 50, 50% of the points that you have uh, from honey. So the, the most of the competitions where I get to judge at, I seem to always get on the braggot table. And I've seen, you know, everything from Russian Imperials to Session beers to um, Dusseldorf's Alts, um, IPAs. You really want the honey to kind of showcase and not dominate. So it's different than just like a honey wheat or honey beer where you get a little honey character. Yeah. You kind of want the majority of the, the body to come from the honey. So you might see a little more viscosity uh, to the batch, and you may see um, a little different, you know, some judges don't even know how to judge them, which is really kind of terrifying if you're an entrant, um, where they don't even know what they're trying to get or what they're trying to see. So I've seen well-balanced braggots that are, you know, beautiful honey character that showcases clear and through, and you get a hint of the um, beer style, and the judges will ding it and say, not enough honey. Mm. I'm like, well, you know, you're not trying to make this syrup bomb. You're trying to make something drinkable that people will enjoy. So you really want to kind of balance and find the, the in-between. Okay. Like I had a, um, what the hell was it? Uh, it was like a gingerbread. Um, so it was like probably category 23. So it had ginger. It had the malt. Um, it was probably a... Um, a, a a box style with a, the honey in it, and it was fantastic. I mean, it was literally probably one of the best braggots I've ever had. Wow. And for, just from tasting the, the meads that you've sent us, that all of that complex character that can come out of honey, the, the floral notes and sometimes even earthy notes and all of that stuff, I would imagine you're still trying to showcase that in a braggot, even though you're using malt as well. Right, and you can pick some malts or some honeys that have really got some malty character to them. So there's some uh, malts that, yeah, sorry. <laughs> there's some honey that has some really dark uh, malty character to it, like uh, buckwheat, or um, I got some honey from Arizona that's uh, pecan blossom, and it's it's really dark and, and chewy and almost caramel-like. So I could picture putting that with a porter hmm. or a stout and, and just seeing the honeys just showcase and accentuate them, the malt character that's added to it nice all right so then what about hops now you mentioned that you've even had a an ipa type braggot but i would worry about the competition between what you're trying to showcase with the honey and and what you might be showcasing with hops yeah it gets delicate um so i found the best braggots that i've ever judged um to be you know very low profile hops like scottish ales um the um uh, box and malt, you know, porters and such. Not American porters, but more English style. Mm. So you you kind of really go light on the the hop profile. But I've also had you know really really hoppy double IPA style braggots that are just kind of like whoa, you know the honey just kind of sneaks in and supports that spicy note from the hops and in such a way that you're you're trying to think. 
how on earth could somebody add a little more complexity to a, a double IPA? Right. Well, along comes a, a double IPA braggot, and you're like, holy shit, here's one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, well, that makes sense to me. I would like to try a beer like that. Especially after, now, I know it's not an IPA, but your Russian yeah. Imperial Stout one was so amazing, having come from a big beer like that. Um now it kind of makes sense. I think uh, honey would would really complement some of the hops I like. I think so. Yeah, you get maybe a little citrusy, maybe even a tropical thing going on, and, and kind of a lighter flavor honey that might work out pretty well. Sure, or any and, spicy hop. Okay, and I'll throw this out there. I do have a clone of the one I brought to you guys last year that I'm willing to bring out next year. Oh, uh, nice. Uh, it's, it's we're getting down to the last of it, so you know it's kind of a. Uh, Something I'm willing to do for you guys because I love you so much. Ah, I would love that. But nothing wrong with that. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. Listen, that was such a great... Uh, Segway? Uh, beverage. No, it just was amazing. (laughs) It was really... I I would like to to taste and see what a year does to that thing. Yeah, yeah. It's been... You know, since we we were down at uh, Philly... I can't tell you how many Army folks have come up into the meadery in the last few weeks. Really? It's almost like there's a, there's this cloud of holy shit. I got to drive all the way up to New Hampshire to meet these guys, and, <laughs> and we've had guys drive in from Chicago all the way up from Pennsylvania and New Jersey. That's great, and it's nonstop. You guys are they, getting the uh, your what I call the 21st Amendment experience, mm-hmm. where uh, our <laughs> listeners for years have, have just been coming to San Francisco, and their first stop is two one a because they hear Sully talking about the beer all the time. You know, so. That's great to see. And plus, I mean, it's a little trek up to you, too. So I like to see the people are making the making it up there. Yeah, we gotta, we're, well, what's nice is we're on the way to uh, Hetty Topper, the alchemist. <laughs> so as everybody's driving north up 93 to get to Vermont to go get some of this great beer, they're like either on the way up or the way back going, oh, I just got to stop off at Moonlight Meadery. And Perfect. we're just a few seconds off the highway and, and then make the trip in. That's great. Nice. That's great. All right, well, I, I have one last... JP helped me out with some good questions here, and I, I see one on his list that I wanted to ask, and, and that's about carbonating uh, a braggot. Um, now, I know we've talked about different styles of beers here, but is, is there any kind of a standard of how a, a braggot should be uh, carbonated? Well, that's a good question. So I've seen them still um, slightly carbonated and super carbonated. The, the ones that are <laughs> usually a little over-carbonated come across as a little too dry, um, a little too probably spicy from the poor brewer not knowing how to control the fermentation or having too much residual sweetness. Okay. The, the, the better ones I've seen and judged as a, um, as a judge tend to come across as still so that you still – not trying to over dominate the the profile too much, and it's just trying to really kind of showcase it more as a, a mead. It's a delicate balance. I can I still go back to that gingerbread um, Bach that I had that was um, just perfect, and it was carbonated but not over carbonated, and it wasn't quite not carbonated. So it was right in the middle, perfect all around, and. The flavors can, you know, the carbonation can make a mead taste a little lighter, a little more um, crisp on the tongue versus, you know, when it's still, you you want to, you, you just, your listeners really need to balance how sweet they want to make these things finish and keep that in perspective. Okay. So you, you can't just over, you know, just say, okay, I'm cramming a 20 pound bucket of honey into a five gallon batch of mead and everybody will love it because it's a super sweet 
you know, judges, if you can't drink it, nobody's going to drink it. And that has to be the starting point, which is trying to find a place where when you're tasting it, you can see, okay, here's where I could pair this with, here's what I like this with. And if everybody else in the world goes, it sucks, you know, either stand up and say, fuck you, I like it better, <laughs> right. or, or give it and say, you know what, I can see where you're coming from and, and cave in your position. Because, you know, I, I can never um, say highly enough that, you know, the judge's input should never cause any of your brewers to ever say, you know what, I just, I can't make this work. If you love it, there may you may take a while to find somebody else who loves it with you. But, but if you love it, it's working. But, yeah, it's 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 a step in the right direction, and I can tell you, I've had comments that have come back on score sheets to make me look at it and go, "Jesus, maybe I ought to hang this thing up." But you know, I never did as a home brewer, and now that I'm a professional, and even though some of my best selling meads, like my Kurt's apple pie, has never won a single medal ever commercially, yeah, fuck it, I, <laughs> I get so many medals in cash <laughs> from people buying it, right? I care less what some. You know, other person's opinion is on it at this point. Sure, that's fantastic can, advice. Because you can see it in people's eyes when 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 they try it for the first time and they light right up like a little baby trying to taste something for the first time. Yeah, you know, game over. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Good you call. Guys got the new ad running yet? I mean, I really love it. I can't wait till you guys get it running. I'm going to run it tonight. Uh, I know we're making, uh, I think, another adjustment for you, but we're running it anyway. I think it was just some minor uh, tweak that we have to do. But we're running your new ad because I like it, too. So I thought, F it, I'm putting it in rotation now. <laughs> yeah, sorry about the bombs there. Um, <laughs> no worries. <laughs> I know we're on the Internet. The, um, the other thing I want to share with your listeners, and I know they're worldwide because we've just gotten our first commercial order this week from Australia, and... Uh, I don't even know what to tell you guys. I mean, there's nothing I've done other than make great mead to get it worldwide. And the fact that we have 100 cases going off to um, Queensland, Australia this week is just, you know, epic for me. And I I owe you guys everything. So I really appreciate all the support and help. Ah, that's great to hear. We have a lot of listeners in Australia, and uh, I'm loving to hear that they're responding to you that way. And it's and look at it, it's it's no bullshit when we're Lucky on here them. when we're on here talking yeah. about how good this meat is. Uh, you, you'll see. You, I'm sure, Michael, that you're also getting. By the way, everyone was right. That stuff is amazing. So uh, good for you, and and yeah, thanks the, to the BN Army. Yeah, the Kinetic guys out in uh, California just ordered 18 cases of mead for their brew pub. Oh, uh, wonderful. And that's almost uh, 20% of the uh, shipment that went out to California. So, I mean, the California guys and gals are really starting to pick it up. And, uh, you know, um, Push and uh, JP and I were tossing around taglines, and we came up with uh, girly meads and uh, manly names. (laughs) Girly names and manly meads. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) Love it. Great. Well, you'll hear it in the ad tonight, folks. And I know that Michael means it when he says thanks to you for all the support. And uh, we thank you also. Uh, yeah, we're trying to figure out a way to put together a discount on our website for uh, purchases for the BNN Army. And uh, I can tell you, my website wholesaler or web, whatever they are, the uh, marketeer, has got some challenges, but we're going to figure it out before the holidays. Uh, that would be wonderful. And believe me, you don't have to explain to me about website challenges. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, my God. It's a constant thorn in my side so uh just let us know i'm sure that the listeners would be just stoked to, to use a discount but uh all right yeah, 
we're also looking for an excuse to come out to California. So if you guys could think of anything where we might be able to come out and rock the world with you guys. January 25th. You know, we've got our Winter Bruce Festival coming up in January. And and Doc's thirsty. And if you're distributed here, then I I would say there's no reason it it wouldn't be legal for you to pour at our festival, right? Very cool. Sounds like a plan to me. All right. Well, I'll get you info about that. But it's uh, listeners, once again, uh, this could be a great chance for you to come Mm. taste meat. Saturday, January 25th. Uh, It's a little bit of a head start on it here. But, oh, we'd love to have you, Michael. That'd be great. Yes. Uh, lock me in. I'm coming. Okay. Not, not beautifully. Oh, but, yeah. my. Love it. All right, Michael. Thanks <laughs> oh for the my. info. All right, guys. Take care. Cheers. There you go. <laughs> Michael Fairbrother from Moonlight Meadery. And uh, I love his passion, too, man. He's yeah. just he's excited about the, yeah. about the mead. And you guys buying it. Hell, yeah. Should ask for a commission. Oh, I can imagine the line at his booth at uh, Winterfest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, once all these conquered Martinez Martians get their hands on some... Some mead. Yeah, but we get some drunk broads, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's going to be amazing. <laughs> some drunk Martian broads. <laughs> That'll be a good time. Uh, okay. I think i got time to do feedback. It's relatively really? short. Yeah, I sh- and I'd like to get it done because we got other stuff to do, too. Yeah, yeah, get through that bullshit. Right. Don't even bother making me happy. Oh, my God. You've got mail. Take ass. All right, feedback's brought to you today by Austin Homebrew Supply, our old friends in Austin. I'm going to be out in Austin uh, soon, actually, in just a couple weeks, I yeah? think. Uh, yeah, friend, uh, f- another fucking wedding. Mm. Uh, I love Austin. One of Kate's friends getting married. One of her friends. <laughs> oh, oh, it's going to Oh, that's going to be wild. It's going to be the shit bump. Well, while I'm there, you can be sure I'm going to go check out our friends at Austin Homebrew Supply, yeah. and you should, too. Go to austinhomebrew.com, and they're good people over there, and they They've been taking good care of us. We'll go check them out. All right. uh, What do I have in the news today, in the feedback today? Uh, Carver writes in, um, in in response to listener Sean that wanted to stop listening because of the Adam and Eve ads that you do, Uh I have some recommended reading for him. One, How to Brew by John Palmer. It's full of great brewing knowledge. Two, The Holy Bible. It's like How to Brew for Christianity. It's full of direct communication from God in which he tells you not to be a judgmental douche nozzle. <laughs> I never read that interpretation. Was that the King James version? It's, it's, well, it's it's more of the King Joseph version. I see. It's lesser known. Oh, he goes on to say I'm paraphrasing, but I'm pretty sure that's his sentiment. Yeah. Uh, also, he should probably stop watching sporting events and primetime programming as Trojan, KY, Viagra, and Cialis all advertise on television. We all know that anything that enhances sexual pleasure is of the devil and shall cause your soul to burn. I really don't like Christians sometimes. I, I consider myself one, but douches like Sean make the rest of us look bad. That being said, I won't be listening anymore because you choose to employ a soulless ginger, Jesus-hating Jew. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Moscow's yeah. rad and does a great job. Cheers from Carver. Well, I don't know, Carver. Yeah. It's a strong position we take on old Sean, but I suppose he took a strong position on us, too. And, and what are you going to do? We, we promote porn. Position strong, I guess. Could he be in the the lost soldier category at the end of the year? <laughs> yeah, Sean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fallen soldier. Yes, absolutely. Uh, grain man writes in, dear asshats. I've been listening to the session now for the last several years and have brewed all grain for over four years. Do you have any idea the impact the show has had on my brewing? Yes. Yeah. No. Well, he says, of course you don't, because if you did, then you would be me. I am you. <laughs> 
JP, did you write this? It's sort of a weird <laughs> round roundabout that you would do. No, I didn't, but uh, uh, thank you. From fermentation to mashing to kegging and serving beer, the inside of the show has given uh, me infight... In, uh, fuck it. <laughs> uh, we did a good job. Thanks. Next. Infinitely. Right, good enough. Keep up the good work. Uh, thanks, Brain Man. Uh, all right. Uh, Ass hats. I need the straight dope from homebrewing champions. And I'll take Nate's information as well. <laughs> uh, okay, here you go, guys. Question. How serious is yeast autolysis? Uh, the members of my homebrew group are so fucking busy or lazy that sometimes we don't rack our beers off the tube in the carboy for a couple of weeks after fermentation has ended. Does that matter? And if it does, what are the consequences in terms of off flavors? Uh, that's from Dr. Mao. How could it not matter? It's gotta uh, matter, right? It, it, it doesn't does, matter enough that it matters. Really? No, it, it matters some. No, but it does I, I yeah. get lazy sometimes, and they're in there for three weeks and stuff, and and I'm and I'm just as worried about it as he is. You are? Oh yeah, but, but you never notice it. But as long no. as they have something to eat besides themselves, yeah, and, and that's a long time. They're fine, and they're going to go dormant before they start dying. They're, and they have uh, glycogen uh, reserves and everything, yeah. so. Not as bad as you think. As, as long as you're not got that carboy at eighty degrees. Okay. So if you're, it's not as bad as you think. Uh, so is there a cap on this? I seem to remember me asking this question with my lazy brewing two years ago, and and that three week, even a month sitting on it isn't all that terrible. Uh, as Chris White would say, it depends. Yeah, uh, I think it's two months is the thing I had in mind. Would be like, yeah, you know, um, I would. Month. I wouldn't go over a month, uh, okay. but up. I worry about it after, oh, God, I should get that out of there. Oh, God. But you never week, taste week two, the difference. Week two, week No, you do don't. You? Yeah. No. You don't. I mean, personally. No. So, uh, okay. As long as you got it at a decent temperature, uh, the yeast hasn't been overstressed, you gave it a good pitch, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You're pretty good. Okay. All right. There you go. He says, uh, P.S., I have a message for all the people who don't think JP is funny. You're right. Suck a oh. dick. That's right. Wow. Do do all of those things. Every three, one of those. What if does that? I wonder if that's if we think you're funny sometimes, but not all the time. Is that that's that's funny? Do I not have to suck a dick? You don't. Well, you you specifically have to, no matter what. <laughs> I have to do. But I have to do it. Sometimes it's fine. I'm all right. No, with but it. When, when he bombs, it's still funny. Yeah, because he bombed. But then when he hit the home run, it's just. It's his goal. Oh, it is. Look, sometimes entertainers fail, okay? Hey, sometimes writers fail. Speaking of wieners, I got a question for you guys. We were speaking, what? <laughs> just got serious. <laughs> Wienerology? I was waiting for you to ask. <laughs> wow, that was a blunt segue, wasn't it? Just curious if this has ever happened to you. So, everybody, like, you know, ever eat like a burrito? Like a burrito or hey, a burrito? Eat a burrito. Okay. And you got a little salsa on the burrito, and it gets kind of messy. You know, you get salsa all over your hands. Yeah. And then you, you wipe off your hands with a napkin. I know where this is going. And you're, everything's fine. And I'm right. talking, I'm not even, I'm just talking like mild, I'm not even talking like heavy salsa here. Just sure. mild salsa. You know, so your hands are fine, your mouth's not, everything's fine. And then, you know, and you just, you wipe it off the napkin, everything's dry. You know, and you inadvertently, uh, capsation, scratch your balls. Mm hmm. Or, I don't know. I'm just, that's all. That's my question. You oh. inadvertently scratch your balls. Oh, I thought you were going to say you were going to rub out some knuck, knuckle children. No, <laughs> I didn't. No. Well, I might have, except, but I, I scratch, you know, hypothetically, right, right. scratch your balls. A friend. And then they start burning quite a bit. Anybody ever, that ever happened to anybody? No, it's never happened to Nobody me. ever scratched their balls after spilling well, salsa on their hands? Well, it's, it's not that. It's just the lack of open sores that the, the salsa <laughs> would get into. one time in Mexico, my balls were burning. 
Well, that's I, now that's what I would have thought, JP. Get a girl with a bigger butt. I just I think. <laughs> so are you saying I just have extremely sensitive balls? Probably. I, I don't. Well, I've I never say. I'd have problem. to try it. Just give me some pace. Yeah. Yeah. Well, next time oh, you guys pace. have a little salsa, dip your <laughs> no. hands in it, but then dry it off. You know, like right. it's not there anymore. Right. Right. And I'll then throw it on those babies. Well, did, but I would. <laughs> did you actually clean under your fingernails, or did you get the capsation off of those? Two? Uh, no, I mean, I just. I'll, I don't you're, not, know. you're not scratching with the so back of your hand, which you washed. <laughs> you what, did you break skin point. when you were scratching? How big no, were nothing. You? It was a minor... Just a general, like, fluffing of the balls. It was a minor, like, I had a tiny itch. I did one, It was like a, a oh, okay. two-second two scratch. Oh, and, right. and about ten seconds later, <laughs> I, a little I fire could, down I there. I could see you doing this, that little funky dance. Just going, oh, 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 Well, I was, luckily I was home. I just, I went and had to use, like, a handy wipe on sure. the old, uh, wow. old nutsack. I mean, was I wasn't it? excruciating yeah. or anything, but it was uncomfortable. Really, no one's ever had to... what, what you experience is completely normal. Balls are porous and and <laughs> absorptive, right? And it would happen to anybody. Everyone in here is just pretending like it hasn't. That's no, what I've never I've literally I've never ever had. I've never had any. No, uh, not me either. Any heat to play? I'm my pretty balls. protective of my. A Schumann brother told me uh, a similar story. Uh, yeah. Although his, I would expect it to happen. I wouldn't expect it to happen with me with a little mild salsa. But uh, th- he was helping a friend literally like cut uh, uh, habanero peppers for, uh, for like a while they were cooking some big dish and and then he went and took a leak or something that was without where you were going yeah he said he spent 45 minutes in the shower his with cold water cold water just because it hurt yeah see well, water doesn't help he should have done milk or salt or something like yeah, that oh really yeah, yeah. yeah. Water salt my balls yeah. water spreads the, <laughs> yeah. the oils around oh yeah yeah you get you handy wipe work at that me. point at, Tech, but it was mild. Tech new probably would have been the best thing. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. That's the stuff for poison oak. Oh, uh, they're so sensitive. These balls. It might be. I've read. I'm reading a lot about ball cancer. <laughs> sensitive nutsack is is one of the precursors to that. So you should probably get it checked. To out. ball cancer. Yeah. Oh, you guys are so fucked. <laughs> Great. Now I gotta go get. You and Moscow are just next in line for ball cancer. That doesn't include a prostate check, does it? No, no, they don't really check for. for but we're ball doing that cancer. later in the show, right? <laughs> yeah. I've actually I just went to the doctor for it so I can I, I know I watched what he did with me basically so I can help you I can show you how <laughs> you yeah. want to check for me well I can I would I don't want to I mean who who does yeah. right I mean really but I mean I would do it as a friend as a yeah. bro right you'd, well, yeah. actually Tasty's the only one that really needs to be checked <laughs> is that right I think we should all check him <laughs> wait a minute aren't you of age cancer? that you're supposed to be checked too doc isn't it like I'm not old <laughs> all right well, I'm gonna go get. Checked. Yeah, I'm supposed to get the Roto Rooter thing too. Oh, I had that once. Oh, I need to get it. It's no good. Yeah. Remember, I told you, and the doctor she made it sound like when she was done, she was like, "Ooh," <laughs> and I was like, "What?" <laughs> She's like, "Nothing, nothing, nothing." <laughs> Maybe it was a little messy. I don't know. Let's take a quick break, shall we? <laughs> All right, we got a lot more to do, and it'll be beer stuff, too. We got Michael Jordan from Boxing Cat Brewery. And, maybe, uh, maybe we have him. <laughs> we'll be right back. It's the session. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters. On the Brewing Network. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. 
More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, the forum, the Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your home brew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the next nice meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines, so I'm the professional. <clears throat> hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Heller High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now, it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeast, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's super yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. 
Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact grain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris, and I approve this message. This Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Brewing Network. That's right. Welcome back to the program, and thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks again to Michael Fairbrother from Moonlight Meadery for teaching us a little bit about Braggit today. And uh, looking forward to seeing him out at our Winterfest, Saturday, January 25th, right here in sunny California. That's right. At least I hope it's sunny. Oh, God. It should be. I mean, you know. I might have just jinxed us. Ooh, maybe you did. Yeah. Start, we're due for a rainy one. Start saving up for that tent. <laughs> yeah, it'll be rain or shine. Don't worry. We got backup plans. In the meantime, we've got Michael Jordan. He's the brewmaster at Boxing Cat Brewery. That's in Shanghai, China. Michael, are you with us? I am. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Thanks for being on the program. Yeah, thanks for having me. What time is it? Is it next week in China? I'm terrible with, with times. Yeah, what are the winning lotto it's, numbers? <laughs> it's uh, Tuesday morning, almost 10 o'clock. So oh. we're about 15... 15 uh, hours ahead of you guys. How long have you been living in Shanghai? I've been here for almost three years. Okay. and uh, But you started your, your brewing world uh, in the United States, is that right? Yeah, I started out in uh, Portland, Oregon. Yeah, I started in the industry in 95 with some uh, homebrewing a couple years prior to that. Okay. Homebrewing in college then or, or even after college? Uh, started in college, exactly. Okay. Got it. See, the, some of the best brewers in the world are all coming out of Oregon. You guys, you know how to do it. Mustaches and homebrew. Flannel. <laughs> yeah. It must have been fun to be a college student in the in the Pacific Northwest in like the early 90s. And all these guys were brewing these great beers in their yeah. dorm. Who knew? Yeah, we were drinking Natty Light, and you guys are drinking good homebrew. <laughs> Fixed gears and fermentation. All right. You know, I, I'm looking at your resume, too, and I even see that you brewed at uh, Henry Weinhardt's, too, right? Yep, I spent uh, about a year there, okay. um, just prior to them getting bought out and kind of closed down through that, that kind of big, big merger acquisition. I see. Yeah, that was one of my old staples. That was before I even knew what craft beer was. I just, I don't oh, yeah. know. It's one of those beers I thought the label looked cool, so I bought it, and it turned out I liked it. What was the, the pale ale called? I think Blue Boar or something like that? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, Blue Boar. Yeah. There you go. I rocked a lot of Taco Bell to those things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where else did you brew uh, in your career? 
Um, so I started at Norwester, um, and that was uh, a year and a half or so, and then they ended up closing and getting merged with a brewery called Saxer Brewing Company. Okay. Uh, they were pretty famous for a lemon lager, if you remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, after Weinhards moved to um, kind of the, the Grand Teton area, worked for Grand Teton Brewing Company. Oh, that's a good brewery. Yeah, it was uh, it was a great time. Worked there for about three years as their head brewer. Okay, and then uh, moved to North Idaho and Coeur for about a year, and then off to Widmer for like five. So, um, wow. was that just? I mean, you moved around quite a bit. Was that just where the jobs were taking you, or did you feel like traveling a little bit and wanted to uproot? Um, the first three breweries were all kind of a surprise. I mean, I was you know a rookie in the industry, so to speak, and these places were closing. So when Weinhardt's closed, I figured it was time to get out of Portland for a few years because there were a lot of unemployed brewers. Okay. And then um, eventually got kind of, I missed Portland and, and got back there and uh, enjoyed a lot, five years at Widmer. Widmer would be, a, I think, a fun brewery to, to be at. Yeah. It'd be like, yeah. A, it's like a library almost of, of brewing. And, and they have everything. Yeah. That's a big facility and I'm sure you're going to learn yeah. everything. You don't need to yeah. work your way up, right? Yeah, that was a great, great opportunity. Um, nice, big automated brew house, you know, a small 10 barrel, which isn't really that small, I guess, but a pilot system. So okay, lots of opportunity and flexibility. And Widmer's one of those places, kind of like Sierra Nevada in the sense that there's a bunch of beers that you get at the Widmer Brewery in their tasting room that you don't get anywhere else. You know, like Sierra Nevada, I mean, it's Sierra, Sierra Nevada's not that far from us, but if we want a bunch of the, they make so many more beers than you find on the shelf. And uh, Widmer surprised me about that because, you know, everyone knows the Widmer Hefeweizen, right? That's that's all over the place. But then I went up yeah. to OBF one year and discovered that they had like 20 different brands that you could, you know, great different beers you could get. So yeah. you got to brew a variety of beer at that brewery, I imagine. We did. I mean, I was primarily in the big brew house. Okay. Um, but I did spend a little bit of time at the, uh, the pilot system doing uh, a few different kind of one-offs. So that's just kind of the playground, and yeah, all those kind of get fed into the, the Gasthouse pub there across the street from the big brew house. Got it. So you probably still had to brew your fair share of Widmer Hef. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you've, you've never brewed another Hefeweizen again, have you, <laughs> since leaving Widmer? Uh, I haven't in a number of years, that's yeah. correct. <laughs> <laughs> right. was, th- was there ever an example of a one-off that you brewed that you were like, this is this is the cat's pajamas we should put this into production it's fantastic and it never happened uh yeah i mean we had a couple things like that we had a um, i was at widmer an x114 a pale ale so it was when citra hop was still experimental oh yeah so uh widmer was kind of one of the the larger region of breweries behind supporting that hop and then um ended up winning a gold medal for it at world beer cup i think it was 2008 and then uh decided we should buy a lot of this hop and and play around with it a bit more. Nice. By the way, Moscow, what do you work at a retirement home when you're not here? <laughs> what the hell is the cat's pajamas? It's the oh, cat's pajamas. I'm, I'm on a personal mission to bring back phrases that, that have <laughs> gone the way of the dodo. You know? That's even before Tasty's <laughs> really? time. They've gone the way of oh, the dodo. It. Scott is always paying attention. You know, as they say, not every shut eye is sleeping. <laughs> I, yeah, it's like back in the 40s, man. <laughs> I love it. Well, keep it up. I like it, would, would you? How would you rate that effort? Like fair to Midland? <laughs> <laughs> Good at it. He's been practicing. He's got a million of them. All right. Uh, so, at what point do you leave the U.S. to go brew somewhere else? 
So I left in the fall of 2008, and um, I moved to Denmark, actually southern Denmark, pretty close to the German border. Um, just kind of wanted to spread my wings, get out of the U.S. for a while, and, and try working. Got it. Outside the country. You know, it's awesome that brewing now, craft beer, is a job that, that can take you traveling, I think. I, I don't think it was always that way. I think there was a time when... It, you just got a brewing job and you stayed where you were. But now with craft beer and American brewers being so good at it, it is an op- it's a great career opportunity to travel. I think absolutely it is. You know, yeah, definitely. I mean, I kind of stumbled into it by chance, and uh, I've enjoyed it. Where did you find jobs like in in Denmark and uh, well, and for that matter, in in China? Is there a you know was that just a listing or were you headhunted or? Um, at the time, I was just kind of active on pro brewer. And then I had a friend in Denmark that kind of helped uh, land that job. Okay. As far as getting to China, I just literally found it on a, an online job board Got it. that I hadn't really used uh, that much before. Okay. So that was Boxing Cat Brewery. That's where you are now. We're, we're finally at the present day here. And um, yep. so you just found an ad and applied for that. Yeah, I found uh, an ad on a job board. Um, they were looking for a new brewmaster, and I didn't really know the, the exact circumstances, but end up talking with the ownership who are both um once american-born chinese and another is um taiwanese but raised in toronto so a lot of you know kind of north american western influence okay and the more i started talking to them i sound i thought it sounded like a great job so i came over to check it out and uh, pulled the trigger after that pretty quick nice and so they were always a craft uh, brewery you didn't go in and, and convert them to a craft brewery <laughs> Correct. Yeah, they uh, they opened in 2008, and I joined kind of late 2010. Got it. Are you single? Or are you is a family moving around the world with you every time? Uh, I am single. Yeah, there so you that, go. That does make it easier. <laughs> yeah, that's the other secret. If you want to be a traveling brewer, you know what you do? Yeah. You don't get married. Am I right, JP? <laughs> I'm yeah. trying not to. <laughs> Try to pick a fight at least once a week. <laughs> right. Uh all right, I would see. This is one of those breweries already. I haven't even had the beer, but how great would it be to be sitting in Shanghai, China, drinking good craft beer? Just seems so out of place to me. It sounds one out awesome. of two. Yeah. What is the craft beer scene like there? Is there a lot of other craft breweries? It's just starting. Um, the last couple years I've been here, I've seen a, a number of other breweries open, and then we've, we've kind of collectively started working together to do some craft beer festivals. So it's really. It's just getting going, kind of that pioneer movement. Um, so it's it's a hard, uh, challenging thing at some times, but it's also pretty exciting and rewarding at the same time. What does uh, so you say you're, you're just starting to collaborate on festivals? Can you give us a, on on average how many people are showing up for things like that? Um, sure. We just had a festival this past weekend. Um, it's actually the third time this festival is held. Um, it's a bit on. The, uh, the east side of the city, so it's a little bit of a distance. But we had around 3,500 people turn out for a, a one-day festival. Nice. That's pretty good. That's a great turnout. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty darn good. And what would you say the ratio, you know, not just festivals, but even the people buying your beer? Uh, are they uh, Americans living abroad? Are they uh, locals? Uh, who's buying the craft beer? It's a pretty good mix. I mean, when the business started, it was definitely kind of expat-supported, so... You know whether they're from North America or Europe, but um, as the businesses kind of matured, you know we're actually starting to see more um, local Chinese support and customer base than uh, than expat. Okay, and 
What about a, a most popular beer? <laughs> it varies quite a bit. So, and um, it's kind of a toss-up between our Right Hook Hellas, which is a pretty light lager, four and a half percent, low hop character, and then our TKO IPA, which is a American IPA at um, sixty-two IBUs. Okay. So there's a pretty big contrast there. Yeah, no kidding. I like the spectrum. <laughs> yeah. That kind of describes me, though. I, I love um, Hellas is awesome to me. One of my favorite styles, and then so is a good IPA. So well, again, one out of two. <laughs> I, say, I say you got some good palates out there. <laughs> Did it take a while for the IPA to catch on? Like, has it just been the last year or something? When I started, uh, we definitely had expats drinking it, and it's it's definitely grown in the last several years. And then we're seeing more uh, lo- more locals appreciate hops, whether it's the hop flavor, hop aroma, uh, whatnot. Okay, I had a question from our chat room already, which is, um, you know, what kind of hops you're able to get there, and in fact, is there uh, hop cultivation in China, and are there differences between Chinese and American hops, for that matter? Yeah, so China actually is the third largest growing region of hops worldwide. Okay, um, saying, saying that there are a lot of hops that you know you never really see in North America. The predominant one is called Qingdao Flower. So it's been um, founded and kind of, I guess, bred and and supported by Qingdao, the brewery. So it's it's a very light hop. Um, Alpha is around seven percent. It tends to have a little bit of herbal minty character and almost a light melon. So it's pretty suitable for lagers. Um, I've used it a little bit, actually, on a fresh hop beer. And, uh, you know, it's it's an interesting hop, but more or less I'm using uh, American varieties or some from kind of New Zealand, Australia, okay. uh, and some, some in Europe. What, were the beers kind of set in stone when, when you got there, or did you get to go in and, and make beers that you wanted? They had a standard lineup of beers. Um, you know, the the brewmaster had passed away, um, ah. so there was a big vacuum of kind of um, organization. So when I started, they basically told me to to change the beers from the get go if I wanted to. So some of those beers I did change right away. Um, some of them I just you know made a light tweak here or there. Okay. Well, that's kind of a bonus for you. Jump in there and get to be creative. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was great. That was what I was looking for and what I hadn't experienced in a, a number of years. How does your naming scheme work? Uh, do you name your beers in English? Do you gear them towards uh, the locals? Because I know they're you know, no, lost we, in translation and stuff like that. So, Yeah, I mean, everything's pretty much boxing-related, just to stick with the Boxing Cat uh, theme. So it, it tends to be uh, a little bit of myself, um, a gal in marketing, or one of the owners. We just kind of sit down and throw out names and wait till something sticks i've got a similar question just even about the food because you're a brew pub right so there's a menu as well yeah what's the cuisine um it's kind of um cuisine you would find along the i-10 corridor in the u.s so it's um anything from like baja cali to tex-mex to kind of southern style you would find in louisiana okay chinese nachos yeah love it so is, is is beer pairing something that uh, that you guys try to promote or that your patrons are interested in where you're really trying to, you know, get certain beers with certain dishes there? Sorry, can you repeat that? Yeah, just wondering if you try to put certain beers with certain dishes there. Are your patrons interested in pairing beer with food? 
Yeah, we've actually started that uh, around a year ago. We had a new chef come in from uh, the States. He'd been around Shanghai before and kind of mixed up the menu and then actually started pairing beers uh, with those items. And we've seen a, a good interest in that. People are starting to kind of get that. You know, beer in China historically has just been a very social drink that it's almost affiliated with kind of lower class. So um, to kind of elevate it to that is, is a good thing. Got it. All right, I have to take a quick break and take care of some sponsors, um, if you can hang on a few minutes. When we come back, I kind of want to talk about homebrewing in China, too, and I've got a bunch of listener questions in front of me about uh, sourcing ingredients and uh, all kinds of... People are interested in in how you make beer in China. Yeah. So... Super. All right, we'll take a quick break. Uh, When we come back, more from Michael Jordan. He's with Boxing Cat Brewery in Shanghai. If you've got questions, just hit the chat button right there on the homepage, and Susie will send them over to me. Uh, You could also call 888-401-BEER, 888-401-BEER, if you want to call in and ask questions yourself. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Army, it's trivia time. What's the only homebrew shop with over 1,000 recipe kits? $4.99 shipping on orders over 100 bucks, and is also home of the Wolf Shirt. The one and only answer is Austin Homebrew Supply. For over 20 years, they've specialized in creating recipes such as the best-selling Texas Blonde Ale, Apocalypso, Hot Bomb 2.0, and Double Chocolate Stout. And they just recently unveiled their small grain kits that produce one gallon of beer. Visit AustinHomebrew.com to browse their extensive catalog of equipment and ingredients. They also have many clone recipes of your favorite commercial beers. They're the exclusive retailer of Brewvent Yeast Fuel as well, Yeast Nutrient, and the all-new Bodybuilder. Follow Austin Homebrew Supply on Google Plus to participate in video hangouts on popular brewing topics. So visit AustinHomebrew.com today and make sure you sign up for their weekly email with news and specials. Austin Homebrew Supply, AustinHomebrew.com. Have you ever dreamed about attending the World Brewing Academy? This year, thanks to Lalamond and Danstar, one lucky brewer will make that dream a reality for free. Lalamond and Danstar invite you to enter the Beer School 2014 contest. One lucky grand prize winner will receive fully paid tuition in the 2014 World Brewing Academy web-based concise course in brewing technology worth almost $4,000. From now until December 13, 2013, every Danstar yeast packet you use is your ticket to enter. Visit danstaryeast.com for the details and to print your official entry form. There's no limit on the number of times you can enter. So get brewing with Danstar and get your entries in to the Danstar 2014 Beer School Contest. Whether you want to build your home brewing skills or build a career as a professional brewer, this course will change the way you think of beer and brewing. Enter at danstaryeast.com and get the dry yeast advantage with Danstar and Lalamond Premium Brewing Yeast and enter to win. BN Army, I'm here to talk seriously for a second. You all are partially responsible for something explosive, and it's time you answer for it. Moonlight Meadery is exploding. Yeah, exploding across the country with insane quality meads. With nearly 70 different varieties of mead on the market, Moonlight Meadery has blown up the mead category and completely reinvented it. 
Seriously? What? Seriously. What? You're paying money for that watered-down mead when you could have a Moonlight mead? Moonlight doesn't stop at 14% like most meaderies to save 40 cents a gallon. Moonlight meads explode with quality and flavor. They're a party in a bottle. Did someone say party? If you want mead and want the best, you want meads from Moonlight Meadery and will accept nothing less. Be a part of the BN Mead Explosion and ask for, no, demand Moonlight Meads at your favorite bottle shop. Moonlight Meads. Girly names, manly meads. Hey, sign me up for that party. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanisha, and I love a bold, hoppy beer when it spits resin in your face and makes you cry, Uncle. There are a lot of great hoppy beers out there, but at Heretic, we want to make something as bold, dank, and resiny as possible. We use hops at every chance we get, including multiple dry hop additions. The result is Heretic Evil Cousin. This light golden, 8% Imperial IPA has an easy malt character that helps take the edge off the massive bittering, but it takes a back seat to the in-your-face hop character. We make sure this beer finishes dry so the hops can jump out and slam me in the taste buds. If you can't get enough hoppy goodness, Evil Cousin is your cup of tea. Cheers. For nearly 15 years, homebrewers have been served by one place in Michigan where you can buy yourself a serial killer grain mill. Adventures in homebrewing. Did you try all those great Michigan beers at the National Homebrewers Conference in San Diego or Seattle? Adventures in homebrewing delivered. Did you see a great false bottom in your buddy's cooler or brew kettle? Adventures in homebrewing delivered that. And did you see that great custom-built brew stand? Yep, Adventures in homebrewing delivered. Since 1999, Adventures in homebrewing in Taylor, Michigan, Ann Arbor, Michigan, and online at homebrewing.org has been serving home brewers across the globe. Check out their innovative 2.5 gallon keg with metal handles, great homebrew kits, and the fully adjustable Serial Killer Grain Mill. Visit them in Philly for the 2013 National Homebrewers Conference. Not going to make it? Check out all the fun of adventures in homebrewing at homebrewing.org. For a limited time, coupon code BNETWORK will slam 10% off your order. Bam! Adventures in homebrewing. Join the adventure at the Great Lakes Home for homebrewing supplies online at homebrewing.org. And don't forget coupon code BNETWORK for a limited time. Join the adventure today. What's funny is, brewers just say, yeah, I don't brew to stop. I'm brewing my own beer. And it's like a German Pilsner, but it's black. Yeah, it's a sports beer. Sports beer. The home of live beer radio. Thebrewingnetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. Welcome back to the program. Hit the chat button right there on the homepage if you want to ask questions of our guest, Michael Jordan from uh, Boxing Cat Brewery in Shanghai. You can also call in 888-401-BEER. We'll try to get your calls there if you want to ask him uh, directly. I got questions coming in from the chat. Uh, what's homebrewing like in uh, Shanghai, Michael? Is it a big scene? Homebrewing is it's kind of in its infancy as well. I mean, there's uh, a fair amount of expats here that have homebrewed from the States. But it, it tends to be hard to kind of find the ingredients. Um, okay. It's recently changed, but in, uh, in the past, I've definitely helped out a number of home brewers with whether it's malts or hops or 
Got it. Even maybe some some spare equipment. So how has it changed? Is there now a, a prominent homebrew shop, or I mean, how is it? Yeah, actually, uh, one of the uh, the expats that's lived in China for in Shanghai for a number of years has opened a homebrew store. Okay. So he does some workshop uh, brews on uh, weekends here and there, and then actually has brought in some stuff from the U.S. Uh, some breeze malts and whatnot. So that's helped a lot as far as homebrewing goes. Is it hard for uh, I mean breweries like you, and and for that matter, shops like him to get malt and 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 hops and uh, for that matter even yeast is it hard to get it over there it is um the hops is probably the easiest just because um most of the global hop companies are either based in china or elsewhere in asia okay um, but the malts the malts tend to be more difficult there's a lot of domestic malts but those tend to uh, vary on quality as far as base malt goes and then the specialty malts there's just a big limitation um, on the domestic stuff. So imported wise, um, Vireman is in the country, so that's a great malt um, yeah. source to use. Um, Castle malting, and uh, you know, this uh, homebrew shop has brought in some breeze as well. So that's hmm. that's basically it at this point, unless you're willing to do the importation yourself. I see. Why is that? Is it is China strict about what comes in? It's pretty restrictive on what comes in. Yeah, it takes a long time. There's a lot of red tape. Um, kind of once you get that first shipment in and you have some uh, history with the uh, port, then it, it can be easier, but it's it's a pretty labor-intensive process. Are we being monitored right now? Have we gotten you in trouble, <laughs> Michael? It's very possible. The Great Firewall of China. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's why there's a delay. I'm surprised. Yeah, <laughs> I've been thinking that. Like, What does the state... I mean, I would imagine it would be hard to make beer in in china because of all the stuff that we hear about how controlling china is and and just how difficult in general it is to conduct daily business yeah the state kind of looming over how, how does how do regulations compare to the u.s having brewed here for so long um the regulations here are much much more difficult for now. um so if you if you want to operate a brew pub it's fairly simple because the licensing falls under the restaurant but if you want to open like a proper microbrewery and do bottling and keg distribution, it's extremely challenging. And um, for the most part, there's only maybe a couple the entire country that have navigated those waters to, to do it successfully. See, JP does. JP and Moscow don't even think that you're hearing our voices. They think that every time I ask a question, there's a little Chinese person who goes, they want you to tell us how great China is. <laughs> China is beautiful. I think the people here are very kind yeah. and... They really enjoy my beer. Next question. How wonderful is beer in China? Beer in China, I couldn't imagine brewing better beer. in it. And, you know, I, I brewed in America for a long time, as you guys know, and the beer there was never really that good until I got the hops from China. It was Chinese hops that really launches Boxing Cat forward. Next question. Repeat after me. I love China. I love China. <laughs> That's how JP and Moscow think this interview is actually going, Mike. What do you mean it's we think? <laughs> just, I could, what's happening? I could hear him pounding on the door of the brewery. <laughs> what about what about day-to-day life, you know, not beer-related? I mean, is your internet access restricted? You know, how far does it go? It is. So if you want to do uh, a lot of social media stuff, it's actually blocked in China. What about so porn? You have, to, have to go through a VPN to get around that. And, uh, you know, in truth, I was a little nervous our connection would be... Uh, be bad today it seems to be okay it's a little spotty on my end i'm not sure how it is there <laughs> interesting so your your internet service provider i maybe this is a dumb question is that not a private company is it a government company 
It is a government company, yeah. It is. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, and so 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 when you say social media, do you mean literally something like checking your Facebook page is a difficult thing if you don't have something to hide your IP address? <laughs> yeah, you have to have a VPN to do Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, um, even some of the blogs. Um, quite a few sites okay. are definitely blocked without a VPN. So how about, you know, breweries in the U.S. are using social media to a huge extent to, to promote their brands and, and promote festivals and things like that. Are you just pretty much completely unable to do that? Uh, we do it through kind of the, the Western social media channels because we use a VPN. A lot of businesses will use a VPN um, for that reason. You know, there's social media within China as well. One that's um, kind of the Chinese version of Twitter is called Weibo. Okay. Um, and that's quite big. I think there's like 600 million users uh, countrywide. Wow. So, so like there 2% are opportunities, of the but um, yeah, you just kind of got to navigate the field. Got it. Okay. Did you say Weibo? Weibo. Weibo. Oh, oh okay. Weibo. Yeah. 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 No Weibo. Yeah. Uh, Michael, uh, how about a baseball? Is there any domestically grown uh, baseball that uh, you use? Uh, sorry, can you say that again? Is there any, do you have a source of domestic uh, barley malt? <laughs> um, so when I started, we were using domestic barley, and uh, since I've arrived, we switched over to all imported. Um, just the, the quality and the variability I saw in the domestic malt was, was pretty wide, mm-hmm. even though the malt analysis might indicate it's perfect. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. They're cooking the books, huh? Okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. So... A question that comes to mind as we're talking about the difficulties you have, you know, a, a lot of U.S. breweries, actually breweries all around the world, are buying a lot of Chinese manufactured equipment because it's cheaper fermenters. And yeah. In fact, even entire brew houses, I, I think I just I met a brewery uh, recently who had a whole brew house built at, at literally a fraction of the cost as some of the U.S. breweries. Are you, do you reap those benefits being local? Yeah, I think. I mean, there's some great Chinese equipment being made. There's um, there's some stuff that's not very good. So I do get occasionally pokes uh, from people around the world asking, hey, do you know anything about this manufacturer? And, right. Uh, I've toured a couple myself. Um, there's a couple that I, I think do great work. Um, there's a bunch that just do absolute garbage. But, you know, it, it comes down to pricing for a lot of people, and it's, I guess it's a little scary, that short-term versus long-term mentality. Sure. Do you what about your brewery? Is that all Chinese equipment? Um, the brew house and some of the tanks are actually from Canada. Um, they were already in China, specific mechanical. Mm-hmm. And then we have um, a number of tanks that were manufactured in China by one of the preferred um, vendors that, that I like and I've, I trust. Do you have any people, do you have any tips for people that uh, are listening uh, at this moment that are thinking about buying stuff, like how to tell the good from the bad? I think in general, it's it's good to get a lot of references, and if you can afford the, the plane ticket and the time to come over and inspect the equipment prior to shipping, prior to going on the water, um, I think that's pretty crucial. Checking out the welds, making sure fittings are are the way you wanted them. Um, you know, a lot of people just simply don't have the time, or or they want to save the money and not make that effort. But I would suggest they do that. I think that's good advice. It seems penny wise, penny wise and pound foolish, doesn't it? To I don't want to spend a grand on a on a flight to go check it out. I'm just going to buy this fifty thousand dollars system and then go belly up because the the weld broke and the brewery flooded. Uh, yeah, don't cut your nose off to spite your face, young man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but 
You know, that's some of the stuff that I try that we've been talking about. I think recently with some of our guests who've been like pretty forthcoming about the cost of doing business and, and startup. A lot of these people starting, you know, craft breweries are they're just on they're they're following a dream and they're on that shoestring budget and they just you're kind of like just throwing a hail mary and going for it and everybody's succeeding so they're kind of like it's fine we'll make beer with this thing it could fall apart in two years because we're going to double our capacity by then. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it seems like that's kind of the mentality. They, they're scraping up every dollar they have. So another, you know, five grand or whatever to get to China and back, it's a, it's a big deal. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not True. saying it's a sound reasoning. I just think that's what I'm hearing from a lot of people <laughs> who are like, hey, let's do this. Uh, we can open a brewery. We're going to spend it all and hope for the best. Right. <laughs> you know. So. Yeah. But I've also heard, you know, uh, just back to in terms of the quality of the equipment, I've, I've definitely heard both. I've heard brewers absolutely rave about their uh, Chinese manufactured fermenters, and I've heard the yep. opposite. Yeah, so. when we were doing uh, a lot of business in China, trying to figure out a source for that, they want to make the equipment the right way. They want to make the equipment that you want. Okay. And you have to work with them. You have to be willing to work. Some manufacturers, some who've already done it, they just, they just know, and it's like, oh, this is what you want, and this is what we make, but... You, you you have to be you have to uh, yeah, like I just said you have to work flexible yeah. absolutely yeah and you yeah okay I'm on the radio the radio <laughs> right how many different beers do you make there at Boxing Cat I don't brew it. oh him okay. <laughs> oh did we lose you yeah we did ah oh, the authorities they caught oh, on rock. I see you know he probably was knock, like knock, don't, knock. don't say anything don't even make jokes don't I could <sighs> I could hear him cringing. Oh, he's he's probably like you know got his hands behind his back with a zip tie on, yeah. and, they're, and they're beating him. Yeah. Whatever the Chinese Whoa. word of gulag is, that's where he's headed to right now. <laughs> hey, Michael. Uh, <laughs> oh, we, this we, is we, Michael. We, <laughs> <did> I, <laughs> yeah, I love China. Oh, uh, uh, hello. <laughs> this Michael. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> I I'm back did, now. Did I fuck I'm us? Back. We'll see how it goes. Did I fuck us over by even mentioning the authorities, and now we're getting squashed? Could be. <laughs> Could be that. L- listen to us in America going, oh, oh, what happened? You had a little glitch in the system? I know. The land of spying on our <laughs> yeah, own. And we're talking what? about and we're talking about China right now. Uh, Is there a tank at your front door? <laughs> don't worry, Michael. If something does happen to the internet, we will finish the interview for you. All right. <laughs> You're ridiculous. Sure have fun. It'll be a lot more entertaining. <laughs> well, I'll, apol- I'll make the jokes now and apologize later. Yeah. That's how it's going to go. We are well informed of the issues of the day over there. Yeah, like we know yeah. all about it. Now, uh, the only thing you missed, I, all I was asking when we got disconnected there, is how many different uh, styles of beer, how many different beers you make there. Okay, so we do. We have six beers on tap all the time, but throughout the year we're doing around 30 different styles. Nice. Oh, that's good. So you get to, you really do get to be creative. Yeah, we have uh, we have some barrels that we brought over from from the U.S. Some Jim Beam bourbon barrels. So we do some aging in that. I have uh, some red wine barrels that I've kind of moved product through that have become neutral. So I'm using those as sour barrels at this point. So quite a bit of flexibility um, playing around with styles and aging and and whatnot. That's great. By the way, JP, yeah. when you were asking about names, you you stopped short of getting into the good stuff. Some of their, they have some great names like Donkey Punch Porter. <laughs> how do you say how do you say that in Chinese? <laughs> yeah, uh, you yeah, guys. That's a good one, huh? <laughs> that is a great one. That's the best beer Punch name the I've toilet. heard in a long time. Is that something? Uh, Does that directly translate? 
Yeah. yeah. Is that something, uh, Michael, that you are, uh, I don't know, afraid to get caught with, basically? I mean, even in American Brew, I would think that wouldn't pass the TTB, right? Donkey Punch is pretty much a sexual, well-known sexual uh, whatever. Probably not to the old lady that has to renew uh, that has to review it. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah there's, there's really nothing like that here as far as beer names. I mean, you just kind of pull it out of a hat and go with it. You don't have to get any approval or anything. So, oh, that's it's kind of the wild west in that in that sense. So, you well, to- and nobody has any access to UrbanDictionary.com, so <laughs> yeah. they can never they can never verify Donkey Punch anyway. <laughs> More like the Wild East, uh, Dirty, Dirty Sanchez Stout. Yeah, that's yeah. The- Crap on my face, lager is <laughs> it really is what you should do next. That's a really odd juxtaposition, though, isn't it? That it's just no approval needed for any name you want but then they're so authoritarian on the other hand yeah there's no maybe no infrastructure set up and they're just kind of going whatever there's just really no infrastructure for it for craft brewing it's um you know everything in china is about big so as far as as we're concerned you know we hardly even exist in their eyes maybe that will change over time and uh, there'll be more regulations and you know name approval process just like here it's, it's pretty open so does that mean that there's no label approval either? You don't have you're not required to put the ABV or a government warning or anything else? No, I mean, I think once you get into bottling that changes a little bit. Okay. And that's that's where the government does step in because you have to have this uh, QS code which basically means you can distribute it. And then there's you do have to list like the starting Play-Doh, the alcohol and a few other things, but you know, hardly any craft brewers doing that at this point. So it's all draft and usually served in house. Okay. I had a question come through from, uh, I guess, someone who used to live uh, near you in China. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to ask you, uh, what does a toilet brush have to do with taking a hydrometer sample? <laughs> does that make any Let sense to you? <laughs> Let me guess. That must be uh, David Mast. He, he's, he's using an alias. I see him as Quaker in my chat room, but uh, it, it could be. And that's the question I'm supposed Are you allowed to answer this question? Uh, or does I it even. We just have a wide variety of brushes to clean in the brewery. <laughs> <laughs> I see. And one might as well be a toilet brush. It's the brush. Until <laughs> you use it someplace else, then. So knowing that, Jay, would you ever drink his beer now? Sure. I'm yeah. sure that it didn't come from the the bathroom first it came from the store you don't need to be sure if you get the feeling that that happened <laughs> you'd be done <laughs> uh here's another one uh this is from beaten husband in the chat room so husband um, <laughs> just redundant <laughs> uh, he says you mentioned that you uh spent some time in his town uh Coeur d'Alene. did you work at Coeur d'Alene brewing company <laughs> I did. I worked at Coeur d'Alene Brewing Company for about a year. Um, I guess it would have been 2002 to 2003. Okay. Got it. Yeah, you have worked in a few breweries, man. You got some good experience under your belt. Yeah. Yep, I've seen some turf. Big, small, <laughs> some malting on the on the side. Um, it's been it's been good. Do you think you're going to stay in Shanghai for a while now? Is it, do you do you like it there? I, I do it. like it. Um, you know, I have a pretty good brewing network here. Um, it's an exciting time for craft beer, so I see myself sticking around for some years. I don't really have a plan to leave, but you know, I, I know I don't want to stay here forever. At the same time, it's uh, fifty bucks for the trademark drop. Thank you. Yeah. Are you into Chinese chicks? 
<laughs> I just go through my uh, mind too. Well, I have a girlfriend that's Filipino, so I guess I'm on the Asian side. But uh, no, there you go, not on the Chinese side. <laughs> was she uh, she born in China? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you speak Chinese? Mm, I just I speak very little Chinese. I haven't really um, taken the time and patience to to take formal classes. So I've just kind of picked some stuff up here and there. Is it easy to live and work in Shanghai without speaking Chinese? Yeah. It's pretty manageable. It's um, it's definitely an international city. So if you have a you know a vocabulary of maybe three hundred, four hundred words, that'll help immensely, and you can you can get around pretty easy. Wow, JP doesn't even have three hundred, four hundred words in English. Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> so you know they say like uh, you know in, in California we speak Spanglish, which is a mixture of you know Spanish and English. Is there a, a phrase like that in, uh, for Chinese and English, like a mixture of the two? Yeah, we call it Chinglish. Because <laughs> we're because we're so creative right. as Americans in our English language, <laughs> Spanglish and Chinglish, man. And That's then how you get by in the world. There's Germlish, <laughs> Germlish, <laughs> Amerilish, yeah. right? Oh, there's the other one. <laughs> uh, Moscow tells me that you have a beer recipe for us. Yeah, so. Um we do a beer that's called Contender Extra Pale Ale um, that features uh, mosaic hops. So nice. I was able to get some of those uh, last year, and it's uh, something that's been popular. So I can share that with you. Um, as far as the specs go, OG is uh, 12.2 Play-Doh. Uh, finishing gravity is like two, 2.7, so we're looking around 4.9, 5% ABV. Um, the IBUs are pretty low at 16 um, so we, we call it an extra pale ale, but stylistically, I guess it's a blonde ale or golden ale. Uh, we just picked up a silver medal for this beer uh, the past weekend up in Japan for the international beer competition. So I was pretty stoked about that. Yeah, congratulations, Congrats. man. Um, but malt-wise, malt we're looking at Pilsner malt, uh, 72%. I used some Vireman rye in there at 14%. And some Vireman carapils at 14%. So a fairly simple grist. Um, for that, um, all of our brews we're doing a single infusion mash. So I do a, a mash at 67 Celsius for 30 minutes. Um, do a little bit of a um, a mash salt addition. I'd use some calcium chloride. Ends up working out to be uh, 0.18 grams per liter. Um, so as far as boil goes, we're boiling all of our beers 90 minutes. Um, so the beginning of the boil, where you're adding some nugget. Hops. Um, calculation wise, it seems it's about 0.22 grams per liter. And then 60 minutes into the boil, I'll add some mosaic, uh, 0.14 grams per liter. Uh, add our whirl flock at 75 minutes of the boil. And then the very end of the boil, we're using uh, some more mosaic, a little heavier dose, uh, 0.36 grams per liter. And fermenting with uh, White Labs 001. Nice. Fermenting at 19 Celsius. So I tend to let that beer ferment out, and once we hit terminal uh, around kind of that three or slightly lower, then I'll go ahead and dry hop the tank with more mosaic and then cap the tank off. Um, the dry hop tends to be uh, a little heavier, 1.25 grams per liter. And um, I let it sit warm for three days, uh, crash cool it all the way down to 2 Celsius, uh, once it's been at 2 Celsius for one day, I'll go ahead and um, take some of the, the dry hop matter off the tank, a bit of the yeast. 
Uh, let it sit cold for three to five days total and then transfer it to our secondary tank, which essentially is a bright beer tank. But um, we're not filtering any of our beer, so I need a little extra time, temperature rest to get it uh, as clear as possible before carbonating it and kegging it off. Sounds like a good beer. Yeah, it's it's sold really well. It's it's light and fruity. You know, people swear there's uh, some sort of pineapple that we've thrown in there, but it's it's all from the hops. Okay. And are you all White Labs yeast in the brewery also? We, that, we are. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Is that easy to get for for yeah, brewers? So that's actually a funny story. Um, no, it's really challenging. Actually, they we've worked with White Labs for a number of years, and um, to get yeast, liquid yeast, shipped into the country. It, it never makes it in time. It gets held up in customs, and then you get it, and it's dead. I see. So we go through some some extra measures to just basically bring it in ourselves, whether it's um, kind of friends uh, traveling between the U.S. and Shanghai, or if we're somewhere else in Asia, you know, just get it shipped there, tuck okay. it in the luggage, bring it back to the brewery, and, and use it right away. So customs is tough in general. A lot of times, I know you were talking with, with Moscow here about potentially sending beer but you said it just it would never make it out of the country yeah it's um beer competitions we struggle with um kind of the first challenge for me is always making sure it leaves the country yeah yeah. (laughs) and i'm really happy and then i'm like okay now we might get a medal um, (laughs) right we've had we've had some instances uh we we registered for world beer cup in san diego um and we couldn't get FedEx, UPS, DHL to pick the beer up, so we couldn't even get it to leave the country. So we literally bought a, a plane ticket and took it over to L.A. ourselves wow. just to get it there in time. So right. it's it's a real nightmare at yeah. times. I guess you could look at it. You always get a trip out of it if you want to go to a, if you want to go to a good festival. You're leaving <laughs> Shanghai for a bit. Yeah, luckily, you know, one of the owners, Kelly Lee, she's she was born and raised in Los Angeles, so we always got that kind of West Coast connection to to get stuff okay. back and forth. Got it. Now, oh, what a pain, yeah. you know. It's not easy. How many uh, how many craft breweries would you say are kind of around you there and even up and coming? Um in Shanghai, there's actually small breweries. There's I've been told there's around 30. Wow. Um, okay. A lot of those kind of fall into what we call a mom and pop type brewery where it's it's a Chinese restaurant and they're kind of like a cowboy brewery in the back and Honestly, the beer is quite wretched. Um, <laughs> so if you exclude that, Shanghai, there's probably about five or six craft breweries that are doing it proper with a, a couple more bound to open in the probably next six to eight months. Okay. Um, Beijing, there's um, probably that six to eight as well. And then the home brewing between the two cities, there's quite a few people. But there's um, there's some other craft breweries um, in some smaller cities, um, Nanjing, I know there's breweries opening in Shenzhen and Guangzhou, um, Dali, and Yunnan down near Vietnam. So it's it's spreading. Um, it's it's kind of hard to keep tabs on all the breweries because the country's so big and there's not a real formal um, community to kind of track that stuff. I see. How about uh, how about taxes on the beer? Is it high? Is it anything similar to the U.S.? Um. The taxes don't seem to be too bad. I mean, I can't give you an exact figure. Um, I should know that, but uh, I can't remember it offhand. But it's it's not too bad. Okay. I mean, the taxes for the stuff coming in, the imported goods, whether it's malts or hops, you know, that tends to um, have an automatic seventeen percent on it, hmm. and then 
sometimes there's some extra stuff in costumes you have to deal with, but okay. they're kind of landlocked at that point and have to do it. Got it. All right, I got a caller question for you. It's our uh, it's our dude beaten husband from uh, Cor Delane. He's got another question for you. Beaten, what's okay. happening, man? Doc's on the phone. <laughs> hey, what's up, man? Hey, I got a question for Michael here. Go ahead. Um, sure. I'm I'm down. I'm living in Coeur d'Alene right now, and I've I've lived here for years and years. Sorry, I got a cold right now. You're gonna have to bear with me. But uh, uh, Coeur d'Alene Brewing Company used to be fantastic, and I thought. You guys had some great beers, but uh seemed like uh, as time went on, the beer started tasting really shitty. <laughs> uh, the bottles, the taps, everything. Michael left. Uh, and I was wondering, I was wondering what the real story was behind that. If there was like, you guys had some sanitation issues going on, or you guys had some bad lines, or what? What went on there? I mean, that's kind of hard for me to say. I mean, I felt like while I was there, which was ten years ago. Uh, the, the beer quality was pretty good. Um, you know, I came into an existing brewery and tried to make some changes that honestly weren't always welcomed, which was a little um, discouraging. But um, after that, I think they had some change of staff, and I'm not really quite sure. I know they've been closed for like two years, but I think they still kind of produce some of their beer through a newer brewery in Spokane, if, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. no, no. Down in, down in Moscow, Idaho. They moved to Moscow. They're still Coeur d'Alene Brewing Company, but they're in Moscow. I, I never understood that either. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I kind of forgot that they had that location in Moscow, and I didn't. I wasn't aware it was still running, to tell you the truth. There you go. Thanks for the call. Beaten husband. Sorry that you're getting shitty beer. And, uh, and beaten. <laughs> and, yeah, and that you're also getting uh, beaten. Uh, back to yeast real quick. Uh, one of our listeners wanted to know if uh, are there any companies that produce yeast in China? Not to my knowledge. Um, you can buy dried yeast from Fermentus um, through one of the trading houses that also has hops and, and the Vireman malt. So, you know, you can buy yeast. Um, as a brewer, I've always used liquid yeast, so that's kind of been my preference. Um, in Oregon, I use white yeast a lot, and then I've used white labs um, in Denmark, and then also here, so... Okay. Um, yeah. Alright, our own chat moderator has a question for you, and uh, she wants to know uh, if you know anything about the decision to do American flair food at Boxing Cat, as opposed to Chinese food, Chinese cuisine. I think that was just a decision from the, the owners when they opened, um all kind of having a, a North American background and influence. Um, one of the owners is a, is a chef by training. So just thought it would be great to do a, a Western-style brew pub with, with American food and kind of the influence of American beer. Got it. Um, I like it. Are the, are the locals into that? Like, oh, it's an American flair. Do they consider that a good thing? Yeah, they do. Um you know, it, it tends to be more kind of um, either younger Chinese or they have, you know, a little bit more disposable income. They have a good job or maybe their, their family has a lot of money. But in general, there's a, a huge international food scene in Shanghai, whether it's American food or, you know, stuff from Europe, um, different parts of Asia. I mean, it's it's a pretty big food city in general. Plus, it's kind of, I don't know if you knew this, it's kind of a novelty. As you're ordering a sandwich, a guy in a black suit will stand next to you and listen to you order it from the waiter. And he'll write down every word you say and report it back to the CIA. 
So it's a very unique American <laughs> experience they do there, Boxing Cat. I read that on the website. Well, I no. want, what about in general? Like, are, are you know, does China demonize America? Do they, you know, put America on a pedestal? What's the general vibe about the U.S.? Something in between? Um, you know, I don't really see any negativity um, on a personal level for being an American here. I mean, I think Shanghai and, and other parts of China are used to the international, the expats being here. You know, I think the work visas are always um, always difficult to get, and I think um, so things are starting to change a little bit on the work visa side. Mm. Um, so it's becoming more difficult. So maybe things are changing um, a bit, but I personally I haven't been affected by it. That's good. You haven't run out of town yeah. several times. Yeah. Do you wear an American flag T-shirt every day? No, I do not. <laughs> you have to try it, good man. Do you do you walk around in sweatpants, tennis shoes, and a baseball cap every day, like a good American tourist? Uh, nope. Good I, man. I try to blend in a little bit, even though I'm a big white guy. It's it's a bit difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Uh, let's see. I did want to ask you uh, one more question. Now we're kind of running out of time here, but uh, yep. you know, given that you know, uh, you know, you've been around the brewing scene and and not just in the U.S. but in Europe too. Uh, do you do any collaboration beers out there with other uh, breweries? I have done uh, a few different collaborations. Uh, we did one with McKellar about a year ago. Nice. Done one with um, it's called the Celt Experience out of Wales, and then um, done some. Exp- some collabs with other brewers in China, a Great Leap up in Beijing, and then a few of the local breweries. We did a, a specialty beer for our Shanghai Beer Week um, last May. Beautiful. I know McKellar yeah. likes to do some interesting stuff. He likes to think outside of the box sometimes. What kind of what did he want to uh, brew with you? Uh, originally, you know, we kind of went back and forth, but he had an idea to do um, basically beer geek, beer geek brunch weasel as the base beer, and then. Uh, Use an Asian twist by adding durian, the fruit. Oh, that's uh, which that. I don't uh, know if you know, but it's it's a pretty wretched smell. Um, yeah, it's gross. We would call the beer a double shit brew. <laughs> but, uh, that was he's well because you're allowed to name it anything, so <laughs> why not go for yeah. it? Oh, that's that couldn't but, have sold uh, well. I thought that was just pushing it a little too much, so we we trimmed it down and ended up doing a uh, a chili IPA using some local Chinese green chilies. Okay, that sounds better. Although, let me ask this. So, durian fruit, and, and by the way, some people love it. It's a very oh, yeah. strong, it's pretty gnarly. It, uh, yeah. So, honestly, do you do you think there, forget the name, because double shit, that was silly. But was yeah. do you think there would have been a way to make a beer with, with durian fruit that would have been palatable? Uh, I'm not sure. I've never had one. I mean... I know there's been a brewery in Singapore that made one uh, a number of years, and uh, okay. I don't know how it sold. Uh, I don't think they'd make it anymore, so that might be a, a pretty clear indication that it didn't work very well. The the problem is it does it depends on when you when you get it. Apparently, in the season, it, it has a very strong butterscotch flavor. Oh, tapioca, butter, onion, rose petal, this weird mishmash of nonsense. So that could be bad. I think it would just taste like that. I don't. I don't see. I don't see it being any good. Got it. Yeah, I, I find it a little scary to use that in a beer, but <laughs> maybe it's possible. Someone yeah. was telling me you, d- you don't even want to like cut it open in your house because it's, it's the, <clears throat> even the aroma w- will linger and is pretty pungent. Not just the flavor. Did you, was that your yeah, experience, know, JP? Like, or, or you too, uh, Michael? 
I mean, I know during durian season there's there are restrictions about like having it in public um, transportation. I mean, people just really get offended by the smell. So yeah, uh, <laughs> it's it's the outer, it's the the casing, for lack of a better term, that that stinks. That oh, it is. Fruit it's not doesn't the... really smell rancid. Oh, I thought it was. Yeah. yeah, when you cut it open. So really, oh, so that's even yeah. worse because it can't even just be sitting on the shelf and right. not smell it. Yeah, oh. it's a big. Pod. It's it's like a football or larger. Okay. Yeah. Oh, probably. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot That's larger than football. Yeah. Pretty good size. Yeah. It's gross. I gotta go check it out because it's been recommended yes. to me several times for when we're looking for crazy things either to do on the radio show or on the TV shows that we've done. And everyone's like, "Oh, you should do durian fruit." We we tried to do it on the TV show, but it was out of season. Ah, uh, okay. Um, that was one of the ideas. It's the king of fruits, by uh, the way. Do you think maybe McKellar was trying to put you out of business, Michael, <laughs> or? Uh, is he, is he a friend? I hope, I hope not. He is a friend. No, it would just yeah. have been another Odd McKellar beer. Yeah, yeah. That's his yeah. specialty. It's weird shit. <laughs> right. And tastes like glue. He just opened, a, a partnered up and opened a McKellar Tap House out here in San Francisco that's pretty badass now. Have you been? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Is it cool? It's really cool. Good like, spot. It's good. big. It, it's yeah. in the ghetto. You, of course. Oh, don't park near it. Park far away from it and be careful walking to it. Yeah. Definitely don't get drunk and leave your car behind. It's in the tenderloin. Like, it's in the heart of the tenderloin. A, well, that's part of the regentrification, right? Well, it's going to take a little while longer because of as of now, you go in, you get a nice Cantillon and a yeah. shot of heroin. Right. Uh, it's pretty good. Do you get a kit with it or do you have to buy that separate? <laughs> that's separate. All right. But, you know, they're trying to keep things clean. Right. Um. Don't shear needles, kids. <laughs> All right, you can go to boxingcatbrewery.com, and I would imagine, for the most part, the website's up, and we're allowed yep. to look at it. <laughs> Uh, boxingcatbrewery.com go check it out you can find out about all the beers they do have great beer names go go check them out they're funny plus there's descriptions of every beer on their labels right there on the website so there's plenty of stuff to look around for and uh, I, I would say if you're going to be in Shanghai go see our friend Michael here and, and check out a Boxing Cat beer uh, yeah definitely love to have people stop by share a beer great well thanks for being on the show Michael and I'll tell you if you if you find your way back to the states if you're ever in the bay area we'd love to have you in the studio man I appreciate your time. Great. Thanks thanks a lot guys. Appreciate it. All right brother. Take care and uh be well out there. Don't let the man bring you down or whatever. <laughs> All right, we'll do. <laughs> thanks Michael. Cheers man. All right. Cheers to you guys. Thanks. Bye. There you go. Michael from Boxing Cat uh Brewery in Shanghai, China. And I like his lifestyle man. He's just traveling around. Just making beer do wherever you can. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's a good gig to, I think, you know, especially for a traveling job, you know, you just plug me into a new brewery, I'll make more beer. It's a good deal. I like it. I wonder what it'd be like to live in Shanghai or, or, you know, a giant foreign city, especially one with a lot of restrictions in in a country like like China. Well, first of all, you don't like Asian people, so. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not true. I love Asian people. I just don't like driving Susie doesn't count. (laughs) <laughs> I still like driving next to them. Yeah, uh, yeah. I wonder about that too, actually, because I I do really enjoy traveling, but Shanghai to me seems like one of the real kind of busy, highly populated cities that might rub me the wrong way. Yeah, you just picture everyone walking shoulder to shoulder, wearing uh, surgical masks and riding mopeds. Yeah, and I'm the and I'm the retard that's two feet above all of them. In your right. case, three feet above all of them. JP. Yeah, trying to and, blend in. Yeah, I was like, don't don't look at me. You're like that. <laughs> Follow that bird where Big Bird ran away to China. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it is just like that. Yeah, but he was in a sea of yellow. No, I shouldn't say. It was a strong reference. All right, let's take a break because uh, I have to pee. 
when we come back, we've got, uh, what do we have? A Brewcaster Challenge update. Oh! Yeah. Also, uh, Jax from uh, Lost Coast came and hang out in the studio with us today. So we'll find out what's happening with Lost Coast when we get back to. And uh, we'll be back in just a few minutes. Hang in there. It's the session. Oh, plus, later on, we're playing uh, What's in My Mouth. Oh. It's adapted from the old game What's in Schumann's Mouth. Uh, but now it's just What's in My Mouth. We'll be back. It's the session. You're listening to the Brewcasters, Brewcasters. on the Brewing Network. Where do you go for all the stuff you need to brew? Homebrewstuff.com, of course. In their Boise, Idaho storefront and warehouse, they have more than 750 craft beers and 8,000 square feet of homebrew products in stock. The staff at Homebrew Stuff are homebrewers themselves. They try out just about everything, including the beer, so they can answer your questions knowledgeably and correctly about brewing, kegging, and anything else you might need to ask. Don't live near the Homebrew Stuff store? Visit homebrewstuff.com online and take advantage of their $7.95 domestic shipping available on most orders. Homebrewstuff.com is a proud sponsor of the AHA, NHC, GABF, and countless other acronyms. So if you're a homebrewer looking for great people, a great selection, and great deals, head to homebrewstuff.com online or in person. Visit their YouTube channel for loads of free how-to and product videos. All of the stuff you need to brew. Homebrewstuff.com This is a public service announcement. (laughs) Hey, dude, I think there's... uh, (laughs) What's wrong? You don't look so good. There's there's something wrong with your beer. It's making everyone sick. Let your beer make your loved ones ill. Proper cleaning and sanitation is the key to avoiding puke on your shoes. But I used an all-in-one. Cleaning and sanitizing cannot be done in a one-step process. No cleaner can sanitize and no sanitizer can clean. The amazing chemists at Five Star Chemicals have your solution. Clean with BBW and sanitize with Star Sand. Fantastic! Your friends and loved ones will thank you. Five Star products are available at fine homebrew shops near you and online. Put your best beer forward with Five Star Chemicals. Your one stop for the cleanest two-step solution. When you hear Blickman Engineering, think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman Gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the Intuitive Beer Gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant weldless thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The Auto Sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. 
I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for any beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone certification program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerone's no beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. A few things happened 30 years ago. ARPANET migrated to TCPIP and the Internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and brewing brother Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit the store in Dublin, California and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at HopTech.com Mix me your 100 grain amber recipe and I'm going to eat it. And then it can ferment in my gut. It totally works. The beer is almost identical to the grain sandwich. Your colon won't know what hit it. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. Beer. This is the session. All right, welcome back to the program. Thanks once again to Michael Jordan from Boxing Cat Brewery. You can go to boxingcatbrewery.com right now and uh, check it out. Great website and uh, good dude. So uh, if you're ever out there, it's not on my uh, turn around and come back. Yeah, not on my travel plans. No, uh, no Michael Jordan jokes just yet. Yeah, you know, too I, easy. Well, we, yeah, we did what all I was, that in the pre-planning. What I, yeah, exactly. Well, when I was writing the outline, I was like, this poor bastard heard Michael Jordan jokes his whole life. I mean, he's he's about that age when it. You know, he was what he was in high school, probably just like us when Michael Jordan was huge, and yeah. he's heard. We couldn't. We're not that smart. We couldn't have come up with another joke that he hasn't heard. Are you related? I'm, I'm sure of it. <laughs> Any relation to Michael Jordan, the basketball player? Yeah, exactly. How was your stint in baseball? <laughs> yeah. Are uh, you a Jew? What? I don't know. Huh? <laughs> See, that one doesn't even make sense. That's what we would have had to go to. <laughs> non sequiturs yeah. and weirdness? Yeah. Uh, all right, Michael did give us a homebrew <clears throat> recipe. And if you're looking for a place to store your recipes and work your recipes and plan your brew day and store your ingredients and share recipes with friends and just hang out on a piece of awesome brewing software for 
uh, hours and uh, hours on end because it's just awesome. Go to beersmith.com and use uh, and download it for your free 21 day trial. Uh, beersmith.com. It's the uh, best brewing software that uh, we've used, and we all use it here on the session. Uh, beersmith.com. It's free to download uh, for 21 days, so you don't have to take our word for it. It works on the Mac and and the PC and maybe the DOS. I don't know. I don't know what else it works. It works on everything. I Does think. it work in DOS? And I doubt it works in DOS. Uh, I'm giving it, now I'm giving uh, uh, Brad too much credit. It doesn't work in DOS, Brad, <laughs> or Apple II, or nothing. <laughs> the only computer in my brew house is DOS, man. Uh, oh, Linux. Brennan Push's garage? <laughs> yeah. Actually, it's Moscow's garage. It's the uh, same place he keeps all of his sayings. <laughs> so it's uh, also where I play Wolfenstein every night. <laughs> right. Hey, that's, I can give you a good link for that. <laughs> Uh, go to beersmith.com right now and uh, check it out. We love Brad and his software, and you will too, but you don't have to take our word for it because it's free for uh, for 21 days. Check it out. Uh, all right. So I promised you a Brewcaster Challenge update. And, you know, uh, our challengers this time around in the, what is it, the fourth round of the Brewcaster Challenge, I think. Number four. I believe uh, so. Oh, yeah. It is the lovely Jamil Zaynashev, uh against... Scott Moskowitz. That's right. We took the pro against the amateur. But Yeah, you get two ends of the spectrum. If you remember, though, we crippled Jamil a little bit when Moscow requested that he wasn't allowed to boil. So he can do every part of the <laughs> brewing process except boil. Jack from uh, Lost Coast is hanging out with us. Hello. What do you think about that ridiculousness that we've made that Jamil's got to brew this? By the way, it's a, it's a black IPA. And he's not allowed to boil. Boil. Good luck. <laughs> now, of course, he can bring it up to a, a very hot temperature, but he cannot boil in any way, shape, or form. Oh, <laughs> it's going to be rough, right? <clears throat> not even if it was in the sun, like Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> not even there. Okay. Nope. Uh, but we figure that Scott needed a little help uh, as an amateur. And um, uh, this way, we, we leveled the playing field just a little bit. Uh, by Scott, or did you decide what you're going to do? Uh, whether you're going to go all grain or, or mini mash or extract? Or I, my first thought was mini mash, but I actually think I might try all grain. You're going to do your first th- all grain competing against Jamil. I think. I think. I haven't. Not a hundred percent. Does anybody want to discuss that with Moscow before we go any further? I feel like... <laughs> what were the odds here? Have we set those... Ten to one or something? Nothing we say will prevent him from doing it. You That's all, not true. We all know Moscow. No, I'm open to suggestion. Don't do it. Okay. No, yeah. Hell no. That's my suggestion. Do it. What, well, let me ask you this. What is the thought process behind potentially brewing an all-grain beer? Uh, none other than a few listeners emailed me and told me to do that. Oh, t- Listen, let me tell you things something right now. Don't ever listen to our listeners right. about anything. They listen, you don't listen. Yeah, I guess that was stupid. You're right. All right, Mini Mash. Well, that's number one. No. Well, here's the only... I would, uh, mini Mash, I think. You've, you've done a Mini Mash. And yeah. here's what... Just for the listeners as well as yourself. The only thing I have against you doing all grain is... You know, you're you're just... You're going to make mistakes. It's the first time doing that process. And you want to minimize your mistakes right now. And that those mistakes include not hitting the the right mash temperature that you want to hit, uh, which is going to affect the the body of the beer and the mouthfeel, and certainly the even the the ABV uh, potentially. You're going to uh, who knows the mash could get stuck because you've never done it before, and then what? I mean, there's there's just having never done it. You don't want to do that against Jamel. 
So you're. I feel like you should be thinking to you know limit the potential for error. But error. I don't think he has to go full extract. I think he could mini mash. Don't you, Doc? I mean, you you taught him how. If I can teach him how to all grain way ahead of time, and then he can go from that point on, and he can. He doesn't have time for that. He does. No, he doesn't. <laughs> I can teach you all grain. All I'll just at lunch. You got to do it tomorrow. Then I mean, it's. It's the time is upon us. Is it uh, more than two weeks out, or less than two weeks, or it's coming up on two? Uh, our reveal date is October sixth, so we're about three weeks. Three weeks, okay. Right. Well, yeah, you're arcing up against the wall for it, you know, to get it all in the right condition. Do yep. you even have equipment to brew all grain? No, <laughs> no. I like where this oh, is going. Okay, all right. Well, maybe you know, like you can go over to yeah. Docs and he could like watch you do it, right? That, yep. or, or JPs or something. Well, if you don't lines. have equipment, I then see. I say do it. I <laughs> say that's a smart suggestion. Yeah. What if I just get like 21st Amendment back in black and just pour it into a bomber and <laughs> no one uh, would know? Brewer's code. Brewer's code. Um, Scott's not a brewer. Uh, he is. He's brewed. Well, I think that makes him a brewer. Well, you've you've brewed your brewer. F it. Burp. Um. Anyway, all right. So, so what now? Then are you leaning toward? Well, I probably will go with my first instinct, especially based on what you guys are saying, and just do the mini mash. Yeah, because I, I do want to beat Jamil. Do you have equipment to do a mini mash? Yes. Okay. Yes, that I do. Yeah. And let's face it, the mini mash is really—you're just getting color and stuff anyway. You're getting sugar, so a l- very little. I mean, most of what he's going to do, he's going to get out of his extract. So mm. even if he doesn't convert a whole bunch of sugar, he's going to be fine. I guess is what I'm saying. Like he yeah. can't really fuck it up. Well, he well, well it's going to be a hop. It's going to be a hop bomb, and that could taste the malt anyway. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean you can. I mean you're getting forty percent or so of your sugar from from your. Oh, is that right? Oh, well, I don't like, remember it being like that. It's like three pounds of grain. Oh, a base malt or something like that. And he's just doing a five gallon batch. Oh, that's a good. Okay, yeah. I forgot it would be that much. I, I thought I remembered it just being like not even five percent. Some little. <coughs> no, it, it's 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 quite a lot. I so, see. Okay, depending on your recipe, of course. So then, if, but if the, the good part is if he overshoots. Um, he can just add more. I mean, just like any yeah. other brew day, and it's not going to matter too much necessarily because you're using mo- your take- extract will give you most of your sugars in a mini mash. Okay, so. and so it's easier to fix when when problems might arise, like you didn't hit your OG or anything like that. So I did. I did hear an interesting tip from Paul Sankster when he was in studio. Um, I, you know, he was saying if you don't want it overly roasty, which I don't. I think that's what most people don't like about black IPAs. He was saying add the roasted grains to fermentation. Do not boil them. So I think I will be employing that technique. Huh. I don't remember him saying that. Does that sound right to you guys? I've you would never add heard of that. Grains to fermentation? Or, or to, maybe to secondary? No. I, or he said don't boil them. That I remember. I have to email him you for You can add them in flame out. Yeah, you can put it in flame yeah. out. Or you can top mash with them. Uh, or you can t- make tea outside of that. Yeah, I usually top mash. But if you want to do it at flame out, grind it up in the coffee grinder. Yep. And then put it right at flame out. What, what we if ha- he said, yeah. I'm trying to get to the bottom of this, though. If he said during fermentation, maybe he meant do a tea. That's and then I, you could add that tea. I could see the That's tea. what he said. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah that yeah. is what he said. Okay, okay. So you're not putting the grain itself into just, yeah, don't dump right. any grain. Yeah, yeah, here. sorry. So so could you explain to me and everyone else what that means exactly? Because I'm planning on doing it. Well, it's the same as you would be doing yeah, es- essentially with your, with your mini mash, <laughs> where you're just taking hot water... 170 degrees, and you're going to put these grains into a mesh bag and soak them in it for 30 minutes. Sort of like Jamil's going to do. You're soaking in it, and then you're gonna, then your water's going to turn black. 
and have a little bit of flavor to it, and then you you pour sort of like Obama, and then you pour that into the uh, the. The fermented beer, I guess. Chill it. Yeah, and that'll just give me flavor without bitterness? Uh, it'll give a roast. You, it'll give you a little bit of roast. And uh, more more than anything, it's going to be color. Yeah. Color. yeah. color, not roast. And you can sort of dial it in. I don't know that I like this method very much, but... You can add cinnamon after all that to, if you want it to be yeah, longer. Well, I'd yeah. add, just because of the cinnamon. Yep. Uh, it's a really dark extract. comes in little little... Kind of containers. Wait, oh, so it's literally already done. He just dumps this tube yeah. of, of yeah. essentially, yeah, yeah. It's slow roast. Yeah, yep. And this is instead of the the tea. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I wouldn't even bother with. And that. you can you can do it during primary too. You just stick it in there. And because the problem I have with the tea too is that you, if hopefully you've hit all your numbers and your your gravity's kind of where you want it to be, and then you're adding water to the beer afterward. I mean, no matter how you look at it, if you're doing a tea, you're adding water. And and if if let's mm-hmm. say I mean you might have to add a lot of water to get it black I don't know I've never yeah, done I've it never done well it for as much as no. probably for that size batch five gallon six gallon batch it can't be more than a, four ounces of a roast of uh, okay of, of Diaz Carafa I assume that's what you'd be using so that can't require more than like a pint or pint and a half of water all right that's not to make that's... a tea yeah, you wouldn't even notice it well, I still but like it would be like ink when you add it in there so it's going to definitely make the beer dark and like I said if it's not dark enough. You can always add the cinnamon later on. What about potential for uh, infection if you're like adding water? Well, you're, to... well you've already you've already you know, you've, you've boiled it in a container and you put the lid on and you let it chill, right? And you can put it in like a kitchen pot and let so can put in some water in the sink and let it you know chill down and just pour it in your fermenter. Yeah, it's sterile. There you go. A lot of options on your plate now. Too many. I'm worried about you. All of a sudden, I thought you were going to do fine, but now after this update, I'm worried. What about hops? What are you thinking there? Yeah, put some in. <laughs> yeah, definitely going to use some. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm thinking uh, Apollo, Simcoe, and Summit. Well, those are good. Yeah. All right. You got some mosaic. Uh, Apollo is your is your bittering, or your Simcoe is your you're going to be your bittering hop, I would assume. Simcoe. Yeah. yeah. Apollo and and do you have a do you have a late edition or a middle edition hop, or is everything else in the end? Uh, the end, and I'll use all three for uh for a uh, uh, dry hop as well. Okay. Are you sure you can get those hops? No. <laughs> no, I'm not sure about anything. I know you can get, and, and Jamil, I'm sure, would be a good sport. You can get Simcoe from him if you need to. That might be the tough one to get. Apollo, is that common? To, you don't know anymore, Jake. I don't know. I don't, know. I don't use Apollo. Chinook, baby. <laughs> Chinook and Amarillo. Okay. Why? Apollo. Why? I don't know, because I like them. I've never used Apollo, and I just wanted to be, you know, awesome. What would what would work for the this style? I mean, I know you hate the style, but it does it... I mean, I'm assuming it would, which hops you use, there's got to be ones that are good for this style. So do those work for a black IPA? I'm sure well, the beer fine. style sucks, by the way. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to... The I reason it well, sucks is because people use citra, citrus-based, citrus-oriented hops, and they don't go at all with the roast. If I was going to make not, a black IPA, I'd not, use Hollertau or something. But it's not supposed to have oh, yeah. roast. That's yeah. the thing. It's not supposed to have roast. Right, but they all that's do. That's the definition. Well, right, but that's the definition of the style. Yeah, the good ones... Dark without d- roast. Yeah, the good ones don't have it, so... It is? Is that what it says mm-hmm. in the thing? It says no roast? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, so get the challenge is get it dark with That's no what roast. the cinemar's for, then. You the chal- say, right? Apparently, yeah. the challenge is figuring out what the style is. <laughs> There's no style guy. <laughs> well. no, right. The, right. the challenge is making yourself brew it, because why would you? 
so that we can talk about it. <sighs> is, there, is there a way to only... Brew by the way, when did you turn into JP and just start bitching? <laughs> See, Doug, we do a thing called a radio show. <laughs> and for that, we need content. Yeah, yeah I know. You know, we can't have dead air. you got to have some you know, controversy. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just adding my dead air. Well, Tasty's first response yeah. to your hops was that they were good. Yeah, they're fine. The, one, the three that you mentioned, yeah. and I, I think those would be... Those I think would you just okay. should make it a lager. Then <laughs> it's a Schwartz beer. <laughs> Is there a way to only brew two and a half gallons of whatever I brew? Absolutely. Does it have to be five? No. 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 You can brew a gallon, dude. Brew a gallon. No, but listen to me. Brew Brew what you know how to brew how you know how to brew. I don't. If the couple of batches that you've done are are five gallon extract batches, then that's what you do. But but then you can split that, especially if you're going to add the coloring and the and the grains after the fact. You can you can split that and do different kinds of things. So that's a great idea. You you, you brew you. exactly like you like you know how, which is extract in a pot with with the hops of your choice. Okay, and a contamination of some sort. <laughs> and then you yeah. yeah, and then you have then you split that into two different vessels, and in mm-hmm. one you do cinnamar like they've described, and in the other you, you do the the tea like yeah, Sangster described. Tea bag it, and you'll you'll whichever one is best. You know. Yeah. Plus, you got you kind of got two fermentations, two options for success or failure. You could you could dry hop each one differently you, at that point. You could blend them back. You could blend them to get that. So I think mm-hmm. JP just gave you a winning recipe. I think by do by splitting it like that, you you know you get to mess with this stuff a little bit. Why did that make your voice crack? Why did me the fact that I JP, gave some sort uh, of <laughs> does that not sit well with you? Uh, no, I just I really like it. Shocked as hell. Uh, <laughs> if if I was to use different hops for the dry hop than I planned, I mean, is there a chance it could get too muddled? You know, if I'm going seven, eight different varieties. Uh, no, I, w- I would take yes. yeah three ho- three hops is about all you want. Yeah, to do. three three and three of the same. For, yeah, yeah, stay, stay in the same family. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but yeah. but you would do three in in varieties in one and. Three. Oh, I see. If you did a blend, you might end up with six different. Right. Okay. Exactly. Now yeah. I see what you're saying. Uh, uh, so then you yeah so then you could just stick with the same three and but but alter the amount in each one hmm. you know just the the different additions so you got this I got this <laughs> I think uh, you might now, consider mosaic uh, just if you want to use like what we call West Coast hops I would choose those that are more towards the melon passion fruit kind of thing instead of the citrus they could play better. Even with the slight amount of roast you're going to have, they could play better. Okay, and none of those, Apollo Simcoe Summit, none of those you are interesting. You can have some, some Simcoe, but not a whole lot. I mean, you won't need much because you can use, right. I would use Mosaic. I, 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 uh, I, I, I have I, some I'll give you. I second that. I had a, a Lagunitas. They weren't calling it a black IPA. It was an experimental beer, but it was black and IPA-like. And it was a Mosaic beer. And it was pretty damn good. It, it went well with that beer. That's I think that's pretty good advice, Tasty. It's also a pretty unique hop. It has a lot of different things going on, so uh, the it's, judges might pick up on that and say, "Oh, well, the goodness of it, yeah, yeah. Whatever the faults are in the beer, if it tastes good, they're going to ignore all the faults." Right. It also uh, sounds pretty. It does. It has a good name. Mosaic. It's <laughs> it's kind of like America. We're a mosaic, a, a, ta- a finely woven tapestry of ethnicities and experiences. I won't have any trouble getting it, will I? That he's uh, tasting. Going to give no. Jamil from- gave me uh, uh, some to make. So I'd make this beer for uh, Chad's winning. I made a mosaic uh, pale ale. And I got like four ounces left over. I'll give those to you. Perfect. All right. Anything else we, we need to know? Remember, you can gather all of the information and instruction you want up until brew day. Right. You know, so I 
encourage you to keep asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to Nate, too, by the way. Yeah. For blending hops. Yeah. I think Nate's a yeah. mosaic guy, too. He's got some. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's one of those hops that's just so good? It makes every beer better. So. Are you going to do a yeast starter? Yes. Okay. That is for sure. That, that's something I've not done yet, but I know it's important, so I'm definitely going to do that. So the Brewing Network Pale Ale DVD has an extra on it. Uh, you can get the DVD on the online store right now, and it's got Doc teaching us the perfect uh, um, method of making a starter. And it's a, it, it, he makes he simplifies it, and uh, I I watch it every time because I, I, I forget everything <laughs> I ever learned. At one point so for this, every single time. <laughs> and um, anyhow, that'll help you out with your starter. I think I'm going to uh, blow a call in to Brindleton and to Vinny and try to get their <laughs> advice personally. You know, I got to well, get myself on I'm the sure they will get. be returned post haste. You're going to have a hundred things that you're going to do on Brew Day if you're not careful. So maybe I shouldn't encourage you to ask too many questions because just remember, brew the beer you know how to brew, and you're just yes. taking a couple of techniques here. That's all. Knowledge is dangerous. <laughs> right. Mm. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anything else I need to ask you, Moscow? No, please don't. Are you nervous? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Put your whole soul in. Yeah, no, see? No. Big problem. Put your soul glow. All right, well, I talked to uh, Jamil. Couldn't make a call in tonight. He's working in the brewery, actually. Kids work in the tasting room. I know we had a big group there tonight up at Heretic, uh, the new Heretic Brewing Facility. But I did interview him for just a few minutes uh, about where he is in the process. And it's mostly about what recipe and techniques he might use. So uh, here's a little interview I did with Jamil today to find out where he is at in the Brewcaster Challenge. All right, I'm here with Jamil, and he wasn't able to be in the studio tonight. He's a he's a working man again. So uh, I, I still, we needed uh, an update on the Brewcaster Challenge, so I've got Jamil on the phone and uh, thought I'd find out uh, where you are in the process, Jamil. Have you, have you started on a recipe? I've, uh, I've been thinking about things like, you know, yeast and uh, what kind of hops I'm going to use and things like that. I My yeast choices, I think, um, I was leaning towards just doing a Cal Ale yeast, keeping it, uh, you know, plain and simple. But I might uh, split my wort into two and uh, try doing a, like an English ale, like a WLP002 in half of it and see which one I like better. Nice. You know, it can add a little more... Um, you know, a little more residual sweetness, a little more, you know, maltiness. And that can be a good thing in, in something like a black IPA, I think. So, um, yeah, I'm not I'm not really set one way or the other. Again, I think I'll split it as far as hops go. I've been thinking about hops, and I've got uh, access to uh, Amarillo and Citra and uh, Simcoe here at the, uh, at the brewery and even some Mosaic. And I was thinking, you know, I could either you know, use some blend of those or maybe, you know, single hop it. But either way, I'm going to dry hop it. No matter what, I'm going to dry hop it, I think. Okay. And how how are you going to get that, you know, the black color of the IPA? There's there's different malts to choose for that, right? Right. And, I'm, I'm you know, a lot of people uh, making black IPAs nowadays, they're, they're using chocolate malts and roasted malts and getting... Um, some roasty malt character in there, and they turn out more like a hoppy stout or a hoppy porter than they do, I think, you know, the spirit of the black IPA, I would think, is, you know, still like an IPA, but it's got a blackened color. And so I was thinking of using, uh, Brees makes a product called Black Prince, and uh, it's somewhat different than the Carafa special that Wireman makes. Um, in that the Black Prince is a huskless variety of wheat 
I believe. And uh, they they use that as the source. And we've tried it in uh, some of our beers, and uh, I like it. I think it, it, it'll give it the right character. So I'm going to go with the Black Prince for the color, probably. And, um, you know, I might do some... Uh, a bit of crystal malt in there. I think a little bit of uh, malt sweetness in, in the black IPA might be a good thing. I don't want it too dry, too sharp. I think uh, you know maybe a richer, fuller version is the way to go. Okay. Anything uh, that you're worried about with your no-boil challenge? You know, the biggest thing is, I think, uh, you know, the BJCP, one of the questions on the BJCP exam is, you know, why, you know, list the five reasons that you boil. You know, it's, it's so, the boil is so important that, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of reasons why you do it. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm concerned about coagulating the proteins. I'm concerned about driving off, uh, you know, volatilizing, uh, you know, certain compounds. And I'm also worried about, you know, if I can't boil, and, you know, you can get first runnings off of all grain to be in the range for an IPA. Um, but there's a certain, you know, limit to uh, your, your, your original gravity. So I was thinking it might be worthwhile to uh, go with uh, extracts, you know, as my base. Go with a good, uh, good quality liquid or dry malt extract. And then uh, steeping grains, and that might be my best bet. It's a good point. I didn't even think about even just dialing in your OG, you know, by right, by right. being able to boil down and or just have mm-hmm. boil off in general. To concentrate things, right? If yeah. this was a higher, you know, OG than I could get in first running, then I'd be in real trouble. And it's and uh, you know, without adding any sort of extract or sugar, and it's not really a style that calls for you know sugar. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you can add some dextrose or something like that, uh, you know, for an IPA. And the black IPAs, I think they should be a little fuller. They shouldn't be, you know, super dry because of the, uh, any dark malt character adds a certain, uh, acidity, uh, to the beer. And if you're too dry, I think it ends up being, uh, too harsh. So you got to make sure you got some residual sweetness, either through crystal malt or through, uh, you know, lower attenuation, you know, through a yeast choice or something like that to kind of balance that out. And I think that's kind of what the consumer's looking for. I think that's what, you know, the beer calls for. And uh, so not having uh, done a lot of this uh, black IPA stuff, I think, uh, you know, that in and of itself is a, is a real challenge for me. I've done all the beer styles and a lot of styles that don't exist. But black IPA is probably the one style you could have picked but I really have not had a lot of experience in. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, uh, I think I think uh, the challenge is uh, you know quite apt on on a lot of levels. Okay, good. Well, it does. Uh, I'm not surprised though that you, it it does sound like you're you're wrapping your head around some some ideas to make it work. So uh, as always, that's the point of the Brewcaster Challenge is for us to get some out of the box uh, information. Mm-hmm. And I I think you know. The, the reason I like the Brewcaster Challenge when you first announced it was, uh, you know, I think people can learn a lot from it, and I'm learning from this experience as well. I'm, you know, uh, 
I think you you pick things that that are making me think versus you know if it was just some regular old challenge throwing some style it'd be like nothing right but uh, this this is actually thrown me for for quite a challenge beautiful. All right, Jay-Z. Well, uh, we're hearing from uh, Moscow on the show about his today as well. And uh, I wish you luck, my friend. All right. All right, brother. Soul is ginger. Uh, good luck. <laughs> Will do. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. There you go. That's Jay-Z's update. He sounds a lot more uh, sure of things. Why do I feel like he didn't mean it when he said good luck? <laughs> it was probably the soulless ginger preface. It could have been that. The addition. Uh, okay. Did we bet? We bet on everybody already, right? No, we, ha- we haven't even set the line yet. It's probably time to do that after today's interviews. <laughs> Although I don't think you helped yourself very much, Moscow. Well, you sure you don't want to wait for uh, the uh, 29 show? <laughs> we got one more show before the, re- the reveal. Okay. We'll yeah. do one more update show then? Yeah. All right. Yeah, because like- right now, betting on Moscow, if he wins, is going to give you a lot of points, I yeah. think, the way the spread's looking at this moment Yeah. after today's update. Um, so, Agreed. but but you will have brewed the beer. Uh, Jay Z will have brewed the beer, so we'll find out how, if how exactly. Went. I'm ready to bet right now. Okay, yeah. I'm ready to bet. Well, go, throw it out. If you were to bet, if it were final and it's not, what would yeah. it be? I would bet on Scott because I need the points for the points. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But but not because. So it's a hail mary. It's 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 wait, wait, wait. it's a hail mary. But also, I yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What if they both suck? Do we have to vote? Yeah. Oh. It's what, a be- a what's the spread show. here uh, for G- you know? Well, JP must think it's like you know, seven to three, uh, Jamil or something like that. Or something. See, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Whatever. I'm so stupid. I have no idea what you it means. Three, well, that's why I'm kind of keeping it want... simple. But I'm also I don't think I'm too far off when I say it's like ten to one. Ten to one. That that Jamil's going to win. Yeah. yeah, I mean, really. In this in this moment for me, I, I got, got some bet secret with, ingredients here. I got to bet with my heart, not with my mind. Or wait. The other way around. <laughs> what, are you, what are you going to the same uh, old folks' home as Moscow is? Maybe we eat the same. Uh, maybe we're both eating Sheba because we're so we're too poor. <laughs> right. We're both eating a lot of cat food together. Both eating. Dog food is better for you. Kashi cereal and more rounded prunes. I had, I had Kashi this morning. It's I'm quite sure, good. I'm sure you did. Autumn wheat. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think Moscow's right that you know we wait till after the next update because right now, if if I were to put it down, I I I think my spread would be very close to ten to one. And and I'd be and I'd still be voting for Jamil. Um, so I hope the next update evens the play. Oh yeah, I want to hear confident Moscow next time. After yeah, he's got the brew under his belt, and you're going to be coming across as yeah, yeah. After the brew day, I'll either be much more confident or much more not. <laughs> not. Uh. <laughs> All right, much more not. <laughs> a few things left to do. It's time to do a little bit of beer news. It's the Brewing Network's Beer News, brought to you by Rod All Performance. Well, there's another Trappist Brewery, official Trappist Brewery. It's the eighth one, called uh, Stiff Engelzell, and it's launched in the United States. You uh, can maybe find it these days uh, nice. on tapping in bottles. There's two styles that are around. It's uh, a dark triple called a Gregorius, around 10%. There's a double uh, called Benno, coming in at 7%. Uh, the beers are named for formy, former Abbey leaders. Uh, and uh, their uh, their brew house is going to be producing about 2,100 barrels annually. It's in Austria. It's the only Trappist monastery in Austria. And uh, it was named the eighth official Trappist brewery in, in 2012. Wait, I thought it was launched in the States. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I mean, meaning, meaning their beer is going to be here now. Ah, I see. They've launched their brand here. Got it. Yeah. 
They didn't open a new abbey in the United I, States. I thought we'd go hang out at the abbey. Yeah. There is an abbey in California, isn't there? I don't know if it's a Trappist abbey. Yeah, Beef and Sam have it. It's over. Uh, yeah, I think there is an abbey. There might be an abbey. It's not a Trappist. Not, there yes. are no official Trappist abbeys in the United States. Okay. So that I was by Sierra Nevada. Very confused. To, be, you, to be an authentic Trappist product, uh, you have to. Uh, the beer must be brewed by the monks themselves within the walls of the monastery. All the proceeds from the beer have to go back to support the monastery. Uh, and then, you know, the beers are crafted according to the traditions and the secret recipes. You know, passed down across the you know generations of monks. Sure. Okay. How do they pass it down? They don't talk. <laughs> monks are Good mute. Point. Well, they, they ride can. in the snow when they take a piss. <laughs> <laughs> Brother Jim, I've created a new recipe. <laughs> I don't know where he's from. Right it in he's the a snow. Viking or something. Yeah. Right <laughs> in the snow. That's great. Uh, by the way, I've said this to you in piss also because I'm not allowed to talk. <laughs> Yeah. One thing that I found, Craig, I was looking up uh, what are the other official Trappist breweries, and it, it blew me away uh, how old Rochefort is. All of the, the, the Trappist breweries are, you know, 1800s, uh, a couple early 1900s, and then Rochefort at 1595, wow. year, year opened. You should go there and learn some new sayings. <laughs> be a little too contemporary for me. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys know that, how old they were? No. Isn't that crazy? I knew that some of them were very old, but yeah, that's... Uh, that's old. Yeah. That's, that's almost as old as Tasty. Really? Anyway, check out uh, your locals and uh, see if they have it. Stift Engelzell. Okay. Mm-hmm. Stift. All right, another one. Now, here, this is uh, out of China, uh, appropriate, appropriate for our guest today. There's a Hello Kitty beer that's being sold in cans in China. Um, it's not the uh, <laughs> really? it's not the first time actually. The various beers with the cartoon have been made in the past. There was one that was uh, officially licensed and produced by Beck's, and it was actually uh, international. Uh, but this one's only in China. It's being made by a Taiwanese brewer, Taiwan Sing Beer Co. They make Long Tuan. Uh, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they do. So <laughs> the crazy part of this is that um, hello, it, it's it's a super light fruit lager. It's coming in at two point three percent. And apparently they're ridiculously smooth and tasty to the point where one can barely tell they're drinking the beer, drinking beer rather, extremely sweet, kind of tastes like fruit juice. And of course, you know, there's Hello Kitty on the can, so it's very inviting for the youngins. It tastes, I can't figure out if they're marketing to children and there's no regulations against that or that it's adults in China that like Hello Kitty. I think it's because both. Yeah. It's, it's really a very I don't popular think it's brand. just children that I, like Hello no. Kitty. No, right. but I, th- I mean, at th- that with. T- 2.8 with really fruity. They're marketing to kids. They're marketing to young girls. Wow. For Two, sure. 2.3. It's even a little lower than that. For oh. sure. But well, what, is our, I mean, what is our Hansen's beer? Was it also a light beer? Remember that Hansen's beer? Uh, that was not. No, that was like, I think it was a pale ale. That was standard. That was like 5%, five, uh, 5%, maybe 5.5. Oh, All right. What the hell is Hello? Does anybody even know anymore what Hello Kitty is? Yeah, like, Kitty. I've forgotten what it is. Is it a television show, it or is it just an earring? Anime, right? Just a cartoon. It's a cartoon. It, it's literally a cartoon. It's, it's made by a company that just produces various, you know, school supplies, folders. and Sanrio. San yeah, Sanrio, exactly. What do they do on the cartoon? Do they learn things? It's, I, I don't think they, they have an actual show. It's just a character. character. Yeah. I don't know what it's from. I'm not a small child. I don't like it. I'm going to go on record as saying I don't like Hello Kitty. Because you just don't understand it. I don't yeah, understand you're not, it. You're not. How do you have a thing uh, that's not even really a thing? No one can tell me what it does. No one know. It's not a show. It's not a. It's just a I don't stupid. Know. It's a cat. It and doesn't it, do anything. And why is the cat's cat. name Hello? I don't. None well, of these things make sense to me. Hello Kitty. You're completely describing my marketing plan, by the way. <laughs> 
right. This is. It's the kitty that says hello. It's a friendly cat. So all small children like friendly cats. It's the, the and that's kitty all that says, it does. Hello, 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 hello kitty. kitty. I think so it a- becomes the hello kitty. It doesn't even deserve a name. It, oh. it goes around making children happy, it's and a- it doesn't even get a fucking name. It get, its name is Hello Kitty. It's a sexual reference. <laughs> See, that's but I think I think the doc is probably closer to the truth. Yes. That there's some kind of creepy thing going on with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. That's a cosmetic. Oh, why didn't you say so? They're not mutually exclusive. I see. Right. There's a cosmetics line too. Hello Kitty has like cosmetics they steer towards teens. That doesn't sound right to me. Yeah. Uh, Sounds great. There's a lot of ugly teens out there. <laughs> yeah, they could use a little help. Huh? Yeah, they're real blotchy. They need just, some foundation. I don't get it. And now it's a. I, if the, I see someone drinking this, I would I'll punch them. I think you should. Yeah, you well, pu- punch that twelve year old girl. <laughs> well, she might sweep the leg, dude. Punch her for drinking. Collapse your trachea. No, it, I mean like in Japan, you know they can't sell dildo shaped like penises, so they're Hello Kitty back massagers. Wow, yeah. you're are you being serious? I swear to God. See the whole thing, the cross branding with, with dildos and beer and kids and that's adult. amazing. It's, I think it's great. Yeah, they just need some more regulation. They're regulating the wrong things in China. I'll tell you yeah, that yeah, right yeah. now. Probably. <laughs> All right. What the, you can actually get a Hello Kitty web address, email address, by the way. If you go to HelloKitty.com, you can <laughs> sign up. Because I got an email one time from a, from a guy at blah, 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 at HelloKitty.com. I go, do you seriously work for Hello Kitty? He goes, no, it's a free email address. You How long just, did you guys date? So a couple of years. <laughs> I don't want to. Oh, apparently Susie um, is uh, getting some Hello Kitty beer from Taiwan. Wow. Bring it in, Suze. Well, oh, God. Yeah, I, the fact that it's from Taiwan is another thing that is helping this, besides the Hello Kitty brand. It's uh, clearly marked on the can that it said Taiwan fruit flavored, it said, because apparently mainland Chinese are crazy for anything Taiwanese. Really? Yeah. And because it, when I see made in Taiwan on the things I buy, I'm not so impressed. Not so much for the, the Chinese. They uh, it's, a, it's a selling point for them. And, huh. you know, it, it makes us the, the fruit flavored beers made by Taiwan's own Taiwan. Beer Company are currently doing incredibly well in China with a, a pineapple flavored beer uh, they're sending there. So anything Taiwan is going crazy right now. Okay, it's an upgrade. Uh, what else? Here, um, uh, I was going to give you notes on Hello Kitty. Uh, make them quick. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm getting uh, disturbed by it. But. Hello Kitty's uh, name is known as Kitty White, or effectively as Kitty Chan. And uh, yeah, she's never formally had a cartoon. It was uh, on a coin purse in the seventies. And then uh, it kind of launched into a TV show, but it became wildly popular. It was just a little thing on a marketing thing, a little mm. little thing. It yeah. doesn't even have a mouth. It's yeah. A red bow and that no mouth. It bothers me. It's a cat. Oh, formerly in Japanese. Cats have mouths. Formerly in Not Japanese. cartoon cats. Formerly in Japanese, Hello Kitty refers to the group of related characters. The main character is known as Kitty White. Oh. Do any of them talk? I don't know. I don't like things that don't talk. I, it creeps me out that there's a thing that's popular, but no one's ever heard it say anything. Oh, does and it I blink? feel like you don't. You, well, that's why the messages are so convoluted because you don't know where it's coming from. Several Hello Kitty TV series uh, have been produced. Hello Kitty is also the main character at the two Japanese Sanrio theme parks: Harmony Land and the indoor Sanrio Puro Land. Maybe I just have a crush on Hello Kitty. Maybe that's the problem. Well, I, I hate it. To, to be honest, to be honest, like she's as wide as she is tall, so I'm not really into her. <laughs> okay. All right. What else is in the news? Well, Boy. I debated whether or not Thank to even you, JP. report it, but I'm going to another logo branding dispute in the news, and I'm, this one is particularly crazy, which is why I'm, I'm bringing it to your attention. Uh, the Japanese company that invented Godzilla. 
What is this, the Asia show? Yeah, well, you know, our, oh. our guest was from China. All so the time. Yeah. Carry on. Uh, the Japanese company that invented Godzilla has filed a lawsuit against New Orleans Lager and Ale Brewing Company, affectionately known as NOLA, over their beer Mega Hopzilla. So the company is it's called Toho Company. They're a film company. This company does something, Jay. You'll, you'll be happy to hear. Mm. They created Godzilla in 1954, and then Mega Godzilla, which was Godzilla's mechanical evil twin. I liked Mega Godzilla. Yeah, that one's from the mid 70s. Um, that character. They claim that the beer's name violates their copyrights uh, for Mega Godzilla. Oh yeah, it does. The lawsuit claims that the brewery did not get permission from Toho to use the name, and then when Toho demanded they halt the usage, the brewery refused. So here's a quote from Toho's attorney: "It was Toho's preference to resolve this." matter without a lawsuit but unfortunately the defendant's cavalier uh, an intentional disregard for toho's intellectual property have made legal action necessary uh the brewing company claims that they have yet to be served a lawsuit and that they cannot comment other than this one quote from their president which is we filed for the trademark immediately after we put it into use and we're waiting for the results from the u.s patent and trademark office not sure why they filed this before that ruling you know they are using a likeness of Mecha Godzilla on the can, yeah. Uh, I'm kind of with the Godzilla people on this. Yeah, it is their absolutely. Thing. Have them just throw a hop grenade on that damn thing, and, <laughs> and be it'll good. be fine. Yeah. By the way, did, is anybody else remember the creature double feature? Uh, am I the only one who remembers cre- creature on double features? Yeah. It was, you, like midday every day, or maybe it was just like Saturdays. Like, oh, when Godzilla I was, every day. When I was a kid, you, it was always a creature double feature, and you got two like uh, sounds like a pervert puppet show. <laughs> it was like Japanese uh, Godzilla oh, yeah. movies. Yeah, stuff. you got Mothra. Yeah, Gamera. Yeah, uh, it was only on on the East Coast though. Gamera. No, no, I no, used to watch no, no. it in L.A. Yeah. Really? Gamera. Yeah, yeah. When I lived down in Whittier. Right. right and Rodan. Anyway, I, you know, oh, wow. first of all, I, I have a hard time with the name, uh, but that's only because JP and I have gone on record as hating names that use hop in them. Like, yeah, it's, it's popular. <laughs> it's yeah. so popular to use hop puns. But whatever, fine. They kind of came up with a semi-clever name with Mecha Hopzilla. But then mm. to go and uh, I'm looking at the can, and it's it's Mecha Godzilla's likeness on the can. Exactly. Right. I mean, I, I think that's yeah. that's a trademark violation. Yeah, yeah they're douchey. Clearly, not that Toho's making a bunch of money. Well, maybe they are making a bunch of money still on. Godzilla. Oh yeah, yeah. there's oh, Godzilla sure. shit everywhere. Oh okay. So well. what happened to the old days when we would have called them up right now? Yeah, and gave them shit. I don't know what happened. Let's well, do it. What's weird though is it's not the first <laughs> we beer. Into it's not the first U.S. beer that uses Godzilla's name. There was Cascazilla from Ithaca Beer Company. Mm. There was Dogzilla from Laughing Dog. Well, well, Zilla doesn't necessarily mean yeah. You're using the name. They're taking off on that. But did they have a picture of Godzilla on their? Yeah, I wonder branding? if it's the name. I, I mean, because you're right. There's a lot of Zillas, that, and, and that's the problem too. Like, it doesn't mean they're okay with all those Zillas. It means they can't afford to sue everybody. All those Zillas. But maybe this was like the maybe this was the <laughs> like such a retard. The double like the the logo and the the name is maybe just too much for them to bear. Yeah, I'm looking at a couple other pictures of uh, other Zilla beers, and yeah, I haven't I don't see any yeah. pictures of. So yeah, maybe it's the image. All right, well, anyway, we'll see what happens. Last yeah. one. Uh, new, I've reported a little bit on. Uh, the fact that New York used to be a big hops-growing region, and now it's not. But New York's expanding craft beer industry has prompted increasing numbers of the state's farmers to start growing hops. Um, and, you know, in 1880, it was it was a big industry there. It's like 40,000 acres of hops that grew in New York State, uh, mostly upstate. But the growers were gone by 1920. There was a big mold epidemic and then, you know, prohibition. And there have not been any commercial hop farmers there since. But 
As of about 10 years ago, it started going up from five acres of hops statewide 10 years ago to now 140 acres under cultivation, worked by at least 100 new hop farmers in the last two years. Mm. And that's expected to grow to over 200 acres by next spring, which, I mean, it reflects the craft breweries there. They have 140 craft breweries now compared with 38 in 2003. Well, that sounds like the bee's knees. (laughs) Don't you think, Moscow? Yeah, it's fantastic. Hops back in New York. Yeah, they uh, the, the the farmers are planting more hops, and uh, the state's brewers are, you know, obviously still buying the vast majority of their hops from the Pacific Northwest and Europe. And the thing is, is there's a crazy startup cost if you want to get started. You're talking like twelve to sixteen thousand bucks uh, per acre, uh, including trellises that cost about five to six thousand bucks a piece. Mm. There's a German machine that harvests the hop vines that goes for about forty grand, and it generally takes at least three years before you're getting robust enough crops to, you know, have a business. Mm. So it's it's prohibitive startup costs, but you know, a lot of people are doing it, so hopefully it continues to prosper there in New York. I can't believe we're back to promoting the German <coughs> machine already. <laughs> Seems like enough time has passed. I say we buy one and then blow it up. <laughs> Do, does, do you think I can buy stock in IG Farben? Are they still around? <laughs> All right. That's the news brought to you by Rodall Performance. Awesome uh, beer companion accessories. They make uh, long-lasting and high-quality uh, stuff for your car and for your beer. Go check them out, rodallperformance.com. Wonderful. Wonderful beer news segment today, Moscow. Yeah, thanks. I'm going to make a note on this piece of ticker tape and give it to you, Scott. Hold on. Uh, okay, there you go. All right, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, you know what we're going to do? Schumann is back in the studio, so we'll talk to him about uh, being uh, engaged. Also, uh, we're going to play a variation of What's in Schumann's Mouth. It's now just called What's in My Mouth, uh, where we are going to uh, taste blindly. Uh, how many different beers do we have, Moscow? Uh, five. Five different beers, and we're going to have to try to name what beer they are and which one is the craft beer. So four of them uh, will be essentially domestic lagers. So you're going to have to go back to your old taste buds. Me mega beer. And see if you can remember what they taste like. Hang in there. It's the session. When we come back, all that and more, what's in my mouth? We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Williams Brewing announces their first customer recipe issue since 1991. This free 64-page catalog includes 27 of the best home-brewing recipes submitted by their regular customers. Best of all, this paper-only catalog is free for the asking. Just go to williamsbrewing.com and click on the free customer recipe issue link. This offer expires October 18th. While you are on the site, check out some of the latest exclusives like the Williams Oatmeal Stout Malt Extract, the Big Oxygen System, and they even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection and enjoy their famous customer service. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. 
Hey, dude, you know what beer this is? Oh, uh, no, all the labels are falling off. Yeah, or the ink is run. Well, if it's the pale ale, you're good, but stay away from the quote-unquote Belgian. Oh, man, this guy needs to get some grog tags. Grog tags are reusable, right-on, wipe-off, commercial-grade bottle labels for your brew. The guys at Grog Tag are homebrewers. They wanted great-looking, sturdy labels for your bottles, buckets, carboys, kegs, and growlers. They also wanted a label that not only looks good, but can be easily removed and reapplied during bottling without that nasty glue residue being left behind. No residue, water-resistant, and ice chest approved. Grog Tags stay on in water or an ice chest, and they stay legible. Visit grogtag.com to customize your label or coaster from dozens of different templates for free and see how awesome your bottles can look. Oh, it's that pseudo-Belgian. Yeah, we're getting him some Grog Tags, dude. Grog Tag. At least your beer will look good. Grogtag.com. No, the Brewing Network's very own Code Writing Fool's son, Ryan Wolf, has opened a beer mecca in Missouri. The Wolf Brow House of Beer has hundreds of beers from all over the world and is conveniently close to I-70 in St. Peter's. Free tastings, Saturdays, 4 to 6 p.m., featuring special guests from local breweries. The best build-your-own six-pack around with every style represented. And kegged craft beer available for your kegerator, too. There's always something new at the Wolf Brow House of Beer. New and hard-to-find beer every week. No two visits are the same, just like passing out at the Rat Pad. Hi, this is Ryan from Wolf Brow House of Beer. Mention the Brewing Network when you stop in for some cool, free stuff. Mention JP for a swift kick in the ass. The Wolf Brow House of Beer. Beer with personal service from a member of the BN Army. This is code. Visit my son's shop or I'll yank the fuck BN website down. www.wolfbrow.com Here's a bite for beer lovers. Soft caramel made with real craft brew and coated in chocolate. And hop drops, hard candies made with real hop oil. Introducing Beer Candy from BeerCandy.com. Beer Candy's amazing caramels come in four mouth-watering flavors. IPA, bitter gold wrapped in smooth white chocolate. Lager made with a familiar beer from Boston and coated in milk chocolate. Lambic, soury Belgian goodness full of fresh raspberry and dipped in dark chocolate and stout roasty cocoa chocolate insanity hop drops are made with fuggles or cascade hops and are known as the candy that bites you back choose from sampler and full sizes of both and make your mouth jump to life all at beercandy.com hop drops and beer caramels satisfy your sweet tooth as only a beer lover could with beer candy visit beercandy.com today Hey, Wooly, I'm beat. Can we find a nice tree to just hang out in for a while? You're beat? I've been swinging through this forest for 50 years, ever since we... Ever since we first escaped from the circus. I know, I know, but there's got to be more to life than exploring this creek and trying to populate the valley by copulating with loose, hairy girls. Marquis, stop. Look! What is that? It looks like a man-made treehouse. With fresh food. And craft beer. Welcome to the Creek Monkey Tap House, boys. Grab a seat. Creek Monkeys drink free. <laughs> awesome! The Creek Monkey Tap House in Martinez, California, takes their mission of fresh food and beer seriously. They only serve locally raised beef and chicken, as well as local sustainable produce. It's better for you and the planet, and it just tastes better. The beer and wine at Creek Monkey Tap House are chosen with the same care for the highest quality and rotate frequently to make each visit an adventure. Yeah. 
Swing on in to the Creek Monkey Tap House and enjoy a new legend of amazing food, beer, and wine. The Creek Monkey Tap House, online at creekmonkey.com. What'd you get? More brewing ingredients? Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is... Awesome! No, I'm... Yes, but the cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. Oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. And, and that brew builder software is awesome. Oh, yeah. Brewmaster's Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmaster's Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh, yeah. Wait till you can pour it out of your own kegerator. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your friends will look at you with awe. And it's just hot. It is? It's so super hot. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. You're listening to The Brewing Network. Because like beer... Okay, welcome back to the program. We're finishing up here. We thought we'd bring back an oldie but a goodie, and that is, it used to be what's in Schumann's mouth. Uh, if you're if you're, if you're from the old school uh, BN days, you know we literally used to shove random things in Schumann's mouth, and he would have to guess what they were. Uh, sometimes that would be beer, but most often not. <laughs> so, uh, but we thought we'd adapt it a little bit. And it was not really always on the air. <laughs> right. I didn't know we were adapting it. I just wanted to see Schumann, so I booked a bit. Right. Well, now we're doing uh, What's in My Mouth, and everybody here is going to tell us what's in their mouth. Uh, and here's what we've done. We just thought this would be a fun little uh, palate challenge for us, uh, especially, uh, you know, beer snobs and beer nerds who, uh, you know, like to poo-poo uh, big American uh, lager and, and different beers like that and and, uh, uh, and say they can tell craft beer every time and et cetera, et cetera. So... Uh, I've done this before. Uh, back on Free FM, uh, when I had our, our radio show on Free FM, I did this to a couple of uh, prominent Bay Area craft brewers, and um, I will admit they failed miserably. <laughs> so here's what we've got in front of each of us, and yeah, feel free to go ahead and taste and write down as I'm speaking so we're not doing a bunch of tasting on the air. Uh, Doc's for, about to puke. For everybody. God. There are five beers in front of each Ooh, of us. I can't do the fifth one. They're... <laughs> Uh, we can't really see the colors of them. They're in uh, paper cups, actually. Uh, high class. Um, the Of the five beers, only one of them is a craft beer. But what we'd like each of you to do, each, and myself included uh, in the studio here, is to uh, write down uh, which of these beers you think each one is. The cups are numbered, of course. Uh, among them, there is Miller Genuine Draft. Okay. There is also... How is it draft if it's in a bottle? It's genuine. Oh, okay. Good answer, by the way. 
Uh, it's kosher. How do you know it's kosher? Yeah. You say it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it wasn't genuine, I could understand your question. Uh, <laughs> the next beer in your in your lineup among them is uh, uh, an old favorite of JP's, uh, Coors Banquet. Ooh. It's a new favorite, a not new even favorite. an old favorite. <laughs> Coors B is what I call it. You're also going to find among those beers... A little bit of old English 800. Uh, oh. Odie. A little O-E. Eight ball. Odie. Odie. Everybody knows uh, it. God, I remember cutting my teeth on this in sixth grade. <laughs> well, they look good now. Explains so. a lot. Man. Sixth grade? Oh, yeah. Oh, brother. Also among this fantastic lineup of American Light Lagers, you're going to find PBR. Yes, my boy. And to round out the bunch and see if we can pick out the craft brewed lager, uh, I'm not going to even say that it's an American light lager because it's not. But it is a craft brewed lager, and it is of the yellow persuasion, and it's uh, about the closest that we could get. <laughs> JP just spit beer out his nose. Is that that bad, Chip? Oh, he's like about to puke. <sighs> and I don't even want to go to for second sips here. The craft beer among us is uh, Oscar Blue's Little Yellow Pills. Little Yellow Pills. You find that in the bright yellow can and on tap. And uh, a pretty popular beer. Uh, in fact, I I like it quite a bit, so I hope I can pick it out. I, I'll, I'll buy a Little Yellow Pills when I see it on tap. I, I was looking at Jack's uh, card over here, and I thought he wrote Little Yellow Piss. <laughs> Jack, of course, from Lost Coast Brewery, is hanging out with us tonight, just just chilling, and yep. uh, we, we thought we'd put him to the challenge yeah, as well. Why not? He's already got his listed out. The only one who knows uh, which beers are which are uh, is Moscow. I got it. Done. So, Done. Done. All right, why don't you do this? Uh, since two, at least two of you have your uh, lists written down, Moscow is going to interview you, uh, uh, each of you, and, and get to the bottom of that in a sort of slow fashion so the rest of us can get through our, our beers, Moscow. So let's go ahead and start with uh, JP and, and interrogate him on what, which ones he thinks they are. And I don't know, fuck it, why? As long as you don't have to be too long-winded, but go for Ooh, it. wait, hang on a second. Now, I'm, hang on. I'm, let me rethink it. <laughs> you thought you knew it? Huh? huh? It, the, what's throwing me is the paper cups. Because you can't see color? No, I can. I, well, I never see color to begin with. I'm pretty progressive. But <laughs> it's just that the taste, they all have the underlying <laughs> the underlying paper cup taste. Is that? Are you serious? Well, I, I, I don't think that's the cup. No. D- does anyone else get that? A, a paper taste? Is that a thing? No. Yeah, it is paper. Uh, it's, it's oxidized beer. But are you uh, getting it now? You don't know what you're getting. <laughs> I'm not getting enough that it's a hiding any, any flavor in the beer. I don't All right, Chip. Let, let's start right. with... Uh, you, okay. you got five oh, in your yeah. hand, so start with five. Um, I think five is Coors B, baby. Uh, should I say whether he's no. right or not? No. Oh, no. no I guess no. we should go through the rest of you first. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. And then what do you think uh, number four? I think a four is old English. I've never had it before. No. no. I've never had it. Oh, yeah. I'm really? pretty awesome that way. It's got Ooh. a big burn. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it, it's yeah. very intense and very eight uh, percent unbalanced. Yeah, you wanted more bang for your buck because we so. were trying to, you know, get the bum to buy you a six pack. <laughs> but they were tall cans, really. Usually, uh, we had the bottles, no. the, the, oh, the forty, yeah, the forty bottles. Yeah. What yeah. about number three, Jip? Uh, I think three. that's PBR. All right, that's what I think. Number that's what I feel. Well, well, why? Let's start with. Yeah, let's say. Let's ask why. Why? Yeah, why? Um, well, why is that different than five? Why'd you say five was Coors and three is PBR? What are you using to? Because to- PBR to me has a bit more of a 
corn uh, popcorn flavor to it. And I think I get that out of PBR. I, I was confused. At first, I, I had five as PBR, but then I switched it um, after everything started tasting the same. All right, number two. Uh, number two I had is uh, Little Yellow Pills. Uh, because it, it seemed a little more hoppy to me. It had a little more hop bite and, and kind of a, uh, a roundness in the hopness. And then, did you use process of elimination for one, or did you had you guessed it beforehand? <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm sorry, I had guessed it beforehand. I I, uh, I had guessed it beforehand. Yeah, it's 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 MGD. That's what oh. I have. Yeah. All right. What do you think, Tasty Cakes? Number five. Uh, you know, I had that as PBR. Not sure why. Would Would you call it a blind guess, or did you have a reasoning? Uh. <laughs> I just like it had a more of a, uh, a crisp bite to it, like I know PBR has more of a uh, I don't know more a little more moral char- character than the other uh, light lagers. All right, number I agree with that. Number four. Uh, number four, I, I have the old English, of course. That's because most, so the, the alcohol burn <laughs> and, and it tastes like shit, which <laughs> the first thing you get, and then it just burns all the way down. I don't know why? I does keep, that does that have the most I, alcohol? I keep retasting these just to try to make myself <laughs> because you want to try to get it right. That's why, uh, even though it's kind of torture. Yeah, hey, this is it this just is tastes alcohol, torture. like an alcohol bomb to me. Yeah, what, and, so both heat and flavor more than all the other ones. Yeah. Okay. What about number three? <laughs> three is the uh, course banquet. Hmm. And number two, I have is the Oscar uh, Blues Little Pills. Okay, and the, and then uh, one. Uh, what was what's left? Here? Oh, the uh, Miller Genuine Draft MGD. All righty. What about uh, what about you, Jack? Let's uh, start with five. Five is Coors Banquet. And right. number, f- for number four, growing up in Oakland, I knew it was a malt liquor right away. Right. So I knew that was <laughs> I knew that was old English. I uh, used to sell a lot of that to homeless people. So, uh, <laughs> and those with whom? Like just out of the trunk of your car or what? Out of the liquor store I worked at. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, just checking. But number three. PBR. And then uh, two was the process of elimination because uh, one of the first things I used to drink actually when I was about 18 was MGD because that's what my dad drank. So I knew MGD right away. So by process of elimination, two was little yellow pills. That's, so, Wait, like, so which one did you call MGD? The first one. Jack and I are right on right on par here. See, I I Is thought I'd recognize MGD right away too because I I actually I used to drink a lot of it. I don't think I di- I got a different one than you guys though. But I don't. But I didn't recognize it. I I thought I'd recognize it. and I didn't. I took a stab. Yeah. That's definitely one I thought that's going to be on my palate, but it wasn't. Go ahead. Is that it? Yeah, that's yeah. that's Jack. You, let's go to Schumann. What, what's in Schumann's mouth? So, now, Schumann still drinks American Light Lager, and so I, my hope was he'd come in here and dominate and, and know the craft beer and know the, the different uh, American Light Lagers. We'll see how it goes. Well, before I begin, I just want to say how excited I am. I have a lot of shit in my mouth. <laughs> I want to thank Again. all of you very much. I, sh- I just want to thank God for allowing me to be here. Do you think, think that, I now think God that every day. Now that you're engaged to be married, uh, games like What's in Schumann's Mouth are going to fall by the wayside? No, but I can be a lot more secretive about it. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> the answer is always going to be the same anyway yeah. at, at this Nothing. point forward. So. For example, right now Schumann is at his men's book club. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's not at the show. She knows I can't read good. So. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, sorry. It's the men's learn how to read club. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the men's reading club. It's the men's book club. Yeah, well, for Schumann. Don't bring a book. <laughs> What did you learn tonight, Jimin? Go ahead. 
do you have your list ready for us? Shoot. I do. Okay, Moscow. Let's start with five. Five. Um, I I tasted five as a Coors. I, I grew up on Coors Light. That's my boy. I know. I know when I taste the Rockies. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, I'll I'll do um, I'll do uh, number four is uh, Old English. I think it's by far the got the strongest aroma and you can smell malt liquor. Mm-hmm. All right, number three. Uh, I put three as little so- yellow something. Yeah, little <laughs> <laughs> yellow something. <laughs> I think they're all little yellow something. Yeah, um, it will be soon. And I, I kind of did that by process of elimination. I watched Doc, and he seemed to gag less on number three. <laughs> right. So, right. I thought I, it might be a good choice. I gagged, by, and I don't think this is because of whatever number four is. Yeah. Just by the time I got to number four right. is when I started gagging, too. I had a little trouble. So um, by number two. I, I thought I, I had a little taste of a triple hopping in number two, so I picked MGD. Okay. Wow. Was that by process of lamination? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Laminate. Uh, and then Tammany. I picked one as PBR. Hmm. I think I, I'm I'm different than everybody. I think I might have failed miserably at this one. Uh, what did you think five was, Jay? I put five as MGD. Yeah. Now, hearing Schumann confess that he can taste the Rockies in number right. five, and when I went back and tasted it, I think he's right, but I didn't want to cheat because I would have had an unfair advantage that I listened to everybody's things. Mm-hmm. So I kept my vote the same, I'm, uh, uh, but I think Chu might be right. That's why I'm worried I failed. But anyhow, I put MGD as number five. Um, number four, the OE. I agree with everybody. That's It's the uh, most offensive one. Yeah. <laughs> now, I will say this. It wasn't OE, but the last uh. time I did this test with a, with a craft brewer... Uh, we snuck in Colt 45. Nice. And that was chosen as the craft beer, actually, <laughs> because it had more body. Not because it was offensive like this OE, is, but it just had more body. Um, is there a huge difference between Colt 45 and OE? Evidently. You know, no. Save that for another what's in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to do a full Mickey. All my liquors. Yeah, five yeah. all liquors. Be perfect. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, let's, let's, it's on. Number three, PBR. Number two, I'm with everybody else on Little Yella, or most everybody else. I thought that was Little Yella, which leaves uh, Coors Banquet being number one. Hmm. But, like I said, I, I think I might have mixed up, if nothing else, I mean, I might have mixed them all up. If I were to switch them, I'd switch number one with five. Everything else, it's just a guess anyway. Right. Uh, but I'll leave them as they are. All right. You guys right. want to know how you did? We got to do Doc. Wait, do we, we got to get Doc. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry, Doc. <laughs> Soulless bastard. Uh. <laughs> I'm I'm a little queasy, so bear with me. <laughs> uh, I was with you, you Justin, the almost the whole way through. Okay. Uh, five MGD. Okay. Uh, four Odie, big time. I mean, that I had a flashback to 1972. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was probably the Burning Man coming back through your blood real quick. But anyway. Uh, three was the PBR. Uh, then when we changed it, uh, two was the Coors Banquet, and one was the little yellow piss. Okay. You know, and that's, they're all, they're all, I can't, I wonder if anybody's spot on, because they're all stabs. I'm, I'm the right one. Yeah? 100%. Yeah. Okay. Let me clarify. Doc, you got, you got the, the Oscar Blues as one? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yellow, yellow Blues, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, so, two, now, yeah. now, before we, before we reveal. <laughs> yeah, that appears like, like the, like the BN Army, where nobody can get it right. <laughs> 
the band in an army. <laughs> yeah. The brewing we're militia. Not, we're not guys. good at this. The little brella bills. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, the, the blue. The blue. The blue one. Yeah. There. It. I hope there. It, we were almost unanimous on the yellow pills, right? Yeah. In the, the voting. Oh, and the Odie. And, and the Odie. Yeah. The the part of me who likes good radio hopes that we're wrong on the little yellow pills. The part of me who wants to know that we at least have some inkling of knowing what the fuck we're doing hopes to hell that the little yellow pills is in fact number two. It is. You when you're doing all light loggers like this, I do not. It makes me really not envy the BJ not the, uh, the judges at the Great American Beer Festival mm. because they do end up tasting so similar. I mean, that's the style. And and they're so light and and you're really looking for the most subtle nuances to pick out the the best one or the different one. So I definitely have a lot of appreciation for the guys at GABF sitting at the light lager table. Well, just saying these are in warm and in paper cups, <laughs> just like I used to drink them in high school. <laughs> yeah. So, are there any tips that, that we can give people to how to differentiate if, if they are judging these this this style? I don't think we should give out any tips until we find out how we did because <laughs> you might not want to listen well, to a word. Well, we that's have why to I'm asking s- now. <laughs> you might want to hear. We were just trying to, to figure guess the beer. I didn't even think about like which one was better than the other. Ah, true. Wait. Now that's true too. We weren't looking for the quality. But I'm you know we're working on like palate memory too. Like yeah, I'm yeah, trying to obviously. remember when I had a PBR. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, I don't know. More often. <laughs> or not, apparently. Yeah. Ooh, okay. All right. Let's 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 get the reveal. All right. The actual order, one was Miller. Wait, do it slow. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. MGD. Okay. Yeah, okay. Two was Little Yellow Pills. Oh, thank God for which us Doc, our career. Doc missed that. <laughs> That's uh, okay. I find that uh, of note, worthy of note. Number three was PBR. Okay. Mm-hmm. Number four was the OD. You guys all got that mm-hmm. one. And that leaves Coors as number five. Huh. Is that a perfect score for the Jip and for Jack? Wow! Go. And for Jack, I nailed it. You did, and you were, and you knew you nailed it. Of course, I did. It's not hard to do. So it's easy. So you really uh, are spending the week drinking American light lagers. Yeah, I, I all like different Coors kinds. Banquet. I really well. Do. Apparently, you know all the other ones too. Though. Well, well, I mean, uh, if I had known Coors, I would have got them too. I, but I got yeah. the Coors and PBR switched. Oh, MGD, I MGD, I I don't know from nothing. So that was the process of lamination. Okay. Um, and, <laughs> at, at first, I did have the Coors and the PBR switched, and at the last minute, I changed them. That's a tough so, one. Of course, it was. PBR it was tough. is tough. It was very tough. Plus, usually you were drinking them through aluminum cans, too, so that's, <laughs> this flavor is completely thrown right. off. But, I mean, well, in my Talk defense, about a wide it was usually through system. a plastic funnel and a hose coming out of it. So, <laughs> right. you know, maybe had we shoved it down my throat in rapid fashion, like what's in Schumann's well, mouth. Yes. Were we talking about the beer? <laughs> well, and it was, it was very, they were very hard. Like, the, to me, the PBR has a little more of the popcorn-y flavor, and, and uh, Coors Banquet is a little more uh, smooth. It's the triple hop that kind of... I think you should sit at the JBF table for I American Light Lager. I'm not joking Give about me an that. invite. I'll do it right now. I think that uh, that you've got a qualified palate. And Jack, right too. Have you judged uh, at JBF before? On the JBF, no, I've... Judge well, a couple competitions. It sounds like you should maybe apply for a punish yourself and apply for American Light Lager table. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, Doc, you're welcome. For me putting you through that. <laughs> That's oh, we're up. Oh my god! At I least thought. we all got the the craft beer, right? So, no, uh, Doc missed it. Well, almost all. That's okay. Yeah. Just the 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 gold medal uh, <laughs> NHC brewer. He, just just he missed it. And as uh, usual, Schumann has no idea what's in his mouth. He only got two. 
Ah, damn it, Chew. I thought you were going to beat our... What did he, which ones did he get right? Uh, put them in cans. He we'll got see. the cores right, right? He got the Odie, and he got the... Uh, you, uh, and then he got the cores. Yeah. yeah. So he can, in fact, taste the Rockies. And he... <laughs> and he in his mouth. I can and I will. And he got the eight ball. <laughs> I must. <laughs> All right. Good game, everybody. Uh, Well done. Uh, JP and Jack, extremely well done. Wow. Thank you very much. Turns out Jack also drinks American Light Lager all week long. (laughs) High honors right There's nothing wrong with drinking American Light Lagers. Did you enjoy the tasting, JP? No, I did not. Well, then there's something wrong with drinking American Light Lagers. Uh, did you enjoy the 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 course banquet that you recognized? Uh, I did not. I'm not in the right mood for it. Okay. Or the PBR? No, I didn't enjoy any of them. As a matter of fact, wow. Yeah, even the little yellow pills, which I which I enjoy the beer. I mean, there's three beers there that I enjoy, and I didn't enjoy any of them tonight, which is kind of makes me uh, a hypocritical guy, but uh, kind of <laughs> not at the same time. Right. What is the right mood for you to enjoy a PBR? Or setting. You turn the lights down low. Anal. Yeah. Light a candle Rose petals too. on the ground. Yeah. Shave my b-hole. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Just, or something. Yeah, like, you know, I'm hanging out at the Barry pool or hot day, barbecuing. Yeah, getting a blowjob. Like, what wouldn't be good in that, in that scenario, right? Right. Yeah. Well, uh, like a, a black IPA would be terrible in that scenario. A Why barley wine would be terrible at 2 in the afternoon, poolside at 100 degrees. It'd be the worst thing you can ever do in yourself. Or, or, or tailgating in a football game. Right. I don't see what a black guy from Pennsylvania has anything to do with it. Well, <laughs> you should try hanging out with one. By the way, Terrace sent me this email token. Yeah, he sent a link to some with a oh. some of you with a guest we just had on Michael Jordan. Yeah, uh, it was a link, and then underneath, you know, people go sent from my iPhone, or you know, they make up clever things. His says sent from your iPad. Like, what the fuck? You stole my iPad and you sent me a note on it? You're rubbing it in my... I like he, it. It's he's okay. a black guy. I get it. Okay. <laughs> Good night. Saying he stole it? <laughs> All right. Uh, I want to mention a uh, sponsor who's come back around and a good friend of ours out in Australia. Grain and Grape uh, is is back around and and sponsoring the Brewing Network. And uh, he's, I know he's been a friend of yours for quite some time, JP. He's been a yeah. friend of the Brewing Network over the past couple of years. Um, you can go to grainandgrape.com.au uh, for our Australian listeners and uh, know that you've got a homebrew shop in Australia supporting your favorite show. Uh, they do all sorts of things at Grain and Grape, including free all-grain demos. Uh, they've got 90 varieties of, of malted barley, so uh, you know you can really make all the beer that you need to. They've been supplying brewers in Australia for over 20 years. John's been doing that. And you know, he doesn't look a day over what? 12. Yeah. 12-ish. So he's thir- I was thinking 13. but He's very yeah. small and young. And yeah, he's a handsome young man. But he's been doing this for over 20 years, that John. Um, he's also been actively sponsoring homebrew competitions and conferences across Australia. I know he has a big hand in the National uh, Homebrews Conference of Australia uh-huh, yeah. uh, every year. He's brought out uh, Jamil and, and John Palmer and things like that. Um, so John Palmer. Hev- heavily involved in the, in the brewing scene there. Uh, you know, they're making fresh wort kits right there at the homebrew shop. Did you read that? I did, with the Braumeister. Yeah, they've got the Braumeister system. Um, it's a 500-liter Braumeister, and they actually are, are Making the wort and and extract ultimately there, so that it's brew- their extract is is brewed fresh on premise. So we could probably make some of these fine light lagers in front of me. That's right. <laughs> these, no, these, these are I think these are different. You they actually make the wort. 
So you can come in and you can buy wort from them. Yeah. Oh, it's not it's even... an all-grain batch. Yeah. Oh, that's so fantastic. I, th- I think it's just the base malt, if I'm not mistaken. I think oh. it's just the base. Oh, then you add your own... Uh, I think you can steep your own grain. Oh, then you take it and put it back in your kettle and heat it up and steep some gains. Yeah. Cool. Oh, my God, I love that. It's pretty cool. Why can't somebody do that for my lazy ass out here? Well, I'll they, give you, you $2 a week, You still find a way a to week, fuck it up. JP, if yep. you make work for me. $2. 2 bucks? Seriously? Not including what it costs you for propane or ingredients. And a six-pack oh, well, PBR. That's, that's, that's fine. I mean, that's the cost of doing business. Because oh, hopefully wish. soon I'll make like two fifty, and then 3 and then who knows? I'll be up to 5 bucks a week. I'm in. You're in? I'm in. Yes. All right. Um... Mention the BN and get half off shipping. Go to grainandgrape.com.au and uh, see our friends out there and, and, and take care of them. They're, they're taking care of this show. So what's half off shipping to Martinez? Uh, yeah, I don't think we'll get it in the U.S. <laughs> Still a bunch, yeah. I, say, I should probably clarify. It's probably half off shipping within Domestic. The continental continent of Australia. And right. New Zealand. Yeah. Maybe out, you know, maybe 10 yards offshore. But that's as far as it goes. <laughs> International waters. You're on your own. <laughs> yeah. I'm out. Uh, okay. So there you have it. Uh, do we have our finalists for the Twitter game, JP? Yes, sir. So the Twitter game. Which was? Uh, which was, what did the BN get Chad for his wedding? Ah, yes. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. Friend John Indish says, uh, nothing. You just uh, finally have kept Tasty away from his wife and mom. <laughs> the, uh, away from Chad's? Yeah. Okay. Chad, like the gift was keeping him away from Chad's wife and Chad's mom. They're Got both it. pretty hot. Got it. Yeah, they, yeah, they look the same. Uh, our yeah. good friend Nico Brew wrote uh, all applicable back pay. Oh, yeah. No, of course we didn't do that. Well, no. Nico, lives, Nico lives in a fantasy world where well, men wear skirts. <laughs> uh, well, that's. Sure. Okay, then maybe he's right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get him that. Oh, maybe he is right. Uh, Andrew Ignatz wrote WD-40 to lube the windows so Crazy Bitch can sneak in quietly when uh, Mrs. Shat stops putting out next week. That's a good one. <laughs> next week. <laughs> yeah, I, they are on their honeymoon this week, so that's uh, that might be the... That's pretty close. Yeah, pretty good, blo- right? blowies are done, buddy. <laughs> uh, w- Wayne Perry wrote a homemade Kama Sutra guide full of tasty selfies. <laughs> oh, uh, that was expensive to make, by the way. <laughs> and uh, Jeff Carlson says a bread maker. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> the last three are good. That's pretty good, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, fuck it! We got prizes to give away. They all win. All of the last three. How about that? Yay! Wow, that's easy to do. We got stuff to give away. We do. Good job. Those were all good. I I can't pick between those. All right. uh, Email me at jpthebringnetwork.com with your shirt sizes. And if you want a shirt for your ladies, give me their size and some photos. (laughs) And we'll subtract one size. (laughs) So it's tight. What kind of photos? Just like... Just like landscapes. I'm pretty into well, landscapes you gotta, right now. you got to be able to judge the bra size, at least. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just some, like, yeah, Polaroids of the garden? Yeah, or just what you know, <laughs> what your interior paint is like. Oh, yeah, if, they, if, the, if the drapes match the curtains. See she mows the lawn. All right, before we go, as you're sitting there having yourself a fine time listening to the Brewcasters, don't forget to head on over to adamandeve.com and think about spicing things up in the bedroom. Uh, for a limited time only, if you use coupon code BNARMY, uh, you can get uh, uh, just about any item for uh, 50% off. 
I got some emails like, oh, this this item wasn't fifty percent off. Well, the, oh. it clearly states it's, it's just. just about any item, and, and there is a lot of them. Just not the one you ordered. I mean, every one that I've searched through was fifty percent ordered. So I'm, I don't. Maybe you're looking at things that aren't common or that require extra manufacturing, yeah, extra small butt plug. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so, but. Or maybe just you should about, stop being such a fucking pervert. <laughs> yeah. But just about any item, 50% off. Uh, and then you'll get three free adult DVDs uh, from genres uh, such as... Oh, I like big black women. And yeah. I cannot lie. <laughs> they, <laughs> when a girl borrows a wallet, then steals my car, and I go to the cops and get out. found. What? Get found again. That's then I get it back, and then I go to Oakland. What? That is not how the song goes. <laughs> it's the remix. And it's not even the remix. No, not the words. And mm. not, that's hey, not hey, how Hey, Jack, it. what's your favorite song? <laughs> favorite what? Genre. Genre. For, for porn. <sighs> it doesn't have to be your favorite. You, know, you can call out somebody else if you want. <laughs> I'd just like to finish, okay? Jack's never done this segment with us. <laughs> maybe that's, uh, maybe that's just, a good one. You don't have to tell the truth. Let him answer the question. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, little Asian girls. There you go. Yeah. That's definitely that. a category that. on Adam and Eve. Try but to find the big ones. But it, also, one. it also goes along with the show. The show's theme tonight. Little it's not right. Asian girls, but Asia. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tazy? Uh, oh, Redheads. I'm a big fan of the Redheads. There you go. All sorts of genres. Three free adult v- DVDs, uh, plus free shipping, plus a free extra gift. Uh, so sensual, we uh, can't talk about it. Can't I, mention it on the air. Can't mention it. Can't. That's all I'm allowed to say. Way wow. too sensual. Why would we want to? That's all we Let's have. Just be honest. Coupon code BNARMY over at Adam and Eve. It's no joke. You can get some good stuff for free, and you don't have to go to that creepy store down the street from Tazy. Yeah, you need scented lube. Yeah. You go there. Is there, a, is there a Hello Kitty category? You know, oh, I'll bet there is Asian. It Jack might. Said it. Oh no, no, it's 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 the hentai anime it's a tune thing. Porn. Uh, no, tune porn. Yeah. I've seen a couple of hentai vids before. Yeah. They're they get gnarly. That was my first. Oh, porn. oh yeah, because nobody gets hurt. I don't like them because nobody gets scale. They nobody gets hurt. They all look like <laughs> they, they look like monsters. Like yeah. they make the dudes yeah. look like monsters. Yeah. Oh yeah, they are. <laughs> and the, like, but I mean, think about it. Men are monsters, and, and women are delicate. Little flowers, flowers with big eyes. They're wide-eyed. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> oh, my God! <laughs> Where'd yeah, that right? come from? Being yeah. pillaged here. I mean, yeah, it, it's it's crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. the way they treat them there. And then you got to read the subtitles, and who wants to do that? <laughs> this story is... <laughs> oh, no, fast. no. You have, the, you, you have Kate read those for you. No, I see. with that big dick in the way. <laughs> Are you a uh, reptile? Oh, I'm a rake tile. <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of the anime story. It is. Uh, Godzilla. Rape tile seven. Mecha Godzilla. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, there you go. I think I have. There you go. Have taken care of all of my contractual obligations and then some. Uh, Alright, next week there is no show Because we are off to the Northern California Homebrew Festival And we'll be partying there You can come see Tasty and myself And a bunch of other BNers I know will be out there I think our friend Nico Brew uh, Is going to be out there uh, you can see him hanging out, and the woods will be there. It's the NorCal Homebrewers Festival. Uh, so we'll be off next week, but back the week after. Uh, who do we have then? That's going to be Round Guys Brewing with uh, Scott Rudich, and we're going to hear the explanation behind the exploding cans at NHC. He's responsible oh. for those ah. bad boys. Okay. Oh. When are we going to have the Norco 
Brewing Festival. <laughs> Have you ever been to Norco? <laughs> That's where Kauschwitz is, right? Oh. Uh, I thought it was a drug. Uh, no, it's, oh. a, it's a bad part of it's the state. It's both. Actually, oh, okay. it is also a drug, right. and which is a good thing. <laughs> yes. And then it's where Kauschwitz is. Where yeah. they, it's also a concentration camp, isn't it? For cows. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah, clarifying. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So then, cows? so then, by definition, yeah, cows are on I five. On I five, yeah. yeah, you drive down yeah, and just Cowitz, see a sea of cows. Yeah, yeah, Harris Ranch. Yes. It's it's almost, oh, is it Harris Ranch? That's Harris Ranch. Oh, I didn't know it was Harris. Oh, yes. I can stop buying Harris Ranch. It's just not right, because they kill cows. No, because it's an enormous, disgusting feedlot. Yeah. You can smell it. For they're miles. like they're like knee deep in their own shit. No, so yeah, and there's no constantly. There's no. Vegetation anywhere yeah. around. They got, yeah, for like, all, no. Well, yeah, because they're, they eat it all. Well, they're, but, no. they're, but they stomp it all down. They're just huddled around those feed yeah. bins, and yeah. the sewage just spreads for miles. Yeah, it's a gnarly Roll feed. Up the line. windows turn out there again. You're all about it. Bad. That's what happens. I'm not. I'm, it doesn't phase me. Uh. I'm going there for my honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So would you call it dot cow? Uh. God. That's good. That was good, Doc. I like. Yeah. That. That was, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I had one other thing to do. I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking around, and I'm not uh, finding it. Yeah, you saw something That's shiny, and you just lost it. Didn't Any you? deals in the store? No, Nothing? I guess. Guess Buy stuff said. from the store. We actually we did. That's nice. Well, a lot of our shirts, our men's shirts, are all on sale. And oh, the women's sale. shirts are all on nice. sale. Yeah, we've got a continuing new, sale. An all new store with all new merchandise opening up in just a few days. And in the meantime, we're purging our old stuff. So you should get it now. It's on sale at a great price. And JP's shipping fast. No, so I'm shipping. Uh, uh, the warheads are officially sold out for the second time. Wow! Uh, because I found some stock, and then they oh. sold out. Uh, so they will. Be, as soon as we get the new store up and running, we already have an order placed. Uh, we're going to have some awesome new ones. Talking about this bl- tactical black one. It's, it's sick. Nice. It's hella sick. Love it. Yeah. All right. Uh, it's bomb. Is that it? Yeah. All right. Today. Thanks to Jack from Lost Coast for hanging out, man. Yep. Yeah. Appreciate My you pleasure. coming. Stop by anytime. We'll give you light lager <laughs> and, and malt liquor. Yeah. <laughs> malt liquor. And make us talk to you. Talk to you about your sexual weird habits. <laughs> <laughs> Little Asian women. Thanks, thanks. Specifically yeah. the ones oh, from 4.6 to 4.8. <laughs> yeah, what a freak. I know, right? <laughs> Who is this dude? <laughs> Just kidding, Jack. You should hear the things we like. Take us out, JP. We'll see you next time. Thank you to our show sponsor, More Beer. You can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com. If you can't get enough of cats, Disneyland, and self-loathing, follow JP on Twitter at Major Jip. Scott's on Twitter as well when he's not painting seascapes. Follow him at Moscow Paints. For some good beer insight and homebrew info, follow Nate Smith at Nathan Homebrew and Mike McDowell at Tasty McDee. Production director on the session has been Push Eject. Tonight's show has been produced by Scott Moskowitz. JP dominated in tonight's drinking game. Your chat mod and lover of all things Asian has been Susie. And your host was Justin Crossley. Be sure to find the Brewing Network on Facebook and Twitter. 